It's just so hard, you know, when when you know you have all this talent inside you. Can't you see I'm lurking? Oh, what a feeling. We make the wheels fall off. Coming at your neck like I'm boss called off. Sorry, that was Bella Lugosi. Either way, after the song, the beat'll be ghosty. But like Chuck said, it's never enough. So since I'm free, I can never give up. I'm so stunning, but my face is set with a kill. GDF, everything on top of peak the skill. Uh, GDF, game boy, let that ruminate. Walk around with the work ethic only you would hate. Like I ain't heard the criticisms, boy, you were late. Spouting off like people really think you're great. Wait, cause we still gon' ride. All black suburban with some bourbon by my side. That's real reckless, I will wreck this. Only other monsters could respect this. I'm riding till the wheels fall off. Riding till the wheels fall off. It's never enough. I'm riding till the wheels fall off. Riding till the wheels fall off. It's never enough. I'm riding till the wheels fall off. Riding till the wheels fall off. It's never enough. You're now rocking with tdfeverything.tumblr.com. Yes! Ah. Such a great intro that was. I loved it. I can't even believe it. It just came and went. Yeah. It was like and a... And starting right now. Um, everybody knows that voice. It's the voice of Ian. Who gets Hello, talked everybody. about a lot on this show. <laughs> Sorry, I really cut off your... Uh, That's okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> the intro, baby. Are you mad that uh, you don't have a mic stand? Um, there was one one part where a part of me, outside of like thinking about what I was going to talk about, was thinking about the feeling I would get when I would talk about things, and I just instinctively, I was gesturing, and then I was like, oh, how am I supposed to gesture without a mic stand? Yeah. That was one thought I had around it. But then I remembered the many podcasts I've done holding a mic and hosting stuff I've done holding a mic. And, and you were like, this will be fine. And I'll be like, this is fine. My arm is a mic stand. And these are lovely couches we sit on. <laughs> As always, we're joined by the lovely doctor. Don't ever bring her up on this podcast. today on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's really, um, more so than usual, really a part of this. Woo! Um, <laughs> yeah. It's really annoying. Anyway... Really makes me appreciate last episode where it was an away game and I didn't have to worry about Doc. Yep. But here we are, back in the back lab. in the studio in the lab. Yeah. Um, doing the movie Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, which uh, means a lot to you. Oh yeah. This. I mean, I don't know if you want me to talk about that now. Or I want you to talk about your movie that was really like really influenced by yeah. Boogie Nights. I made a three-hour movie that was very directly influenced by Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um, you don't want to call it. You don't want to call it by its name. Dream Harder is the movie <laughs> I wrote. And I, I was going to call it. I dreamed a dream. Produced and acted and edited it, and I'm very proud of it. It's three hours long though. So Am I one people. of the only people that has actually seen it without you fast forwarding? In entirety? Uh, no, there was a good string there where I would show like have set premieres for certain people. Oh, wow. All right. And then I mean I made it in 2007. Is it your filmmakers like the thing that you'll always bring up? No. As a, <laughs> <laughs> not always. Well, I, it's not. I won't always bring it up first because I feel like I've the work that I'm doing now better, kind of uh, demonstrates your talent. Well, I would say and where like, you're describes at. me artistically a little better. Mm. And then if we talk to other creative people like yourself who did filmmakers, which I saw, which was awesome, then I can go back and say, oh yeah, I did 
stuff like that too. And I was passionate oh, you would use that as like a put down, like oh, I did something like there's that too, like seven years ago. And now I'm making yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's like look at where where we've gone and where our growth is, and like I have big milestones in my life that I can. And look I've back got the to. one filmmakers then. No, just drop get off right out of here. You book better than me. No, we're talking. We're talking strictly. Um, made for the internet uh, videos. <laughs> I don't know. I think the Jackass movie I made in like 2002, 2003, like the Jackass type movie with my brother, I thought that was pretty fucking great. Oh, the, so that predates, that predates oh, yeah, that predates uh, Dream Harder. Dream All right. I like to make long stuff, which is great because P.T. Anderson, director of Boogie Nights, also enjoys... A close friend of yours? <laughs> I wish. Um, has a lot of his movies have a longer running time. Okay. There Will Be Blood, Magnolia. Here's something funny. Okay. The Pope was on SNL uh, yesterday. The Pope? Yeah, I'm a the Pope. I'm a the Pope. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it is funny. Like if I were trying to make someone laugh, that is where I would go. I'm a the Pope. I'm a the Pope. And they're like, "What? What'd you say?" But they have a smile on their face. So yeah, it's working. So and all know. you have to do is through repetition. I'm a the Pope. So boogie nights. I'm a the Pope. It's happening. Love it's it. Going down. Uh, and as usual, I'm going to get you to count down from three, but not before mentioning that. The 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 idea to do this was okay. was uh, obviously spawned from the conversation of Philip Seymour Hoffman, yes. uh, an actor we yep. both really like. Absolutely, yeah, respect, he, adore him. He might be a little more important to you than me, but that's because you act. Yeah. Whereas I just appreciate acting, so like I was kind of like, oh, that but sucks. you do you thank God you do in such like a, a respectful way, or that's my opinion because we're so similar. But um, yeah, you. You do really appreciate fine art when you see it, and I yeah. respect that about you. Hashtag art. So uh, <sighs> now, Hoffman. Oh man, now I will get you to count down from any number other than three, and we will start the movie. All right. So for this three-hour podcast, I'm going to start with sixteen. Okay. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. Fourteen. Thirteen. Twelve. Eleven. Ten. Nine. Yep. Eight. Seven. Good number. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Oh. Speaking of, I, <laughs> it started, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of, I uh, I actually liked the trailer. Loved it until right uh, in the middle you when they like, were going down the snow hill. I was like, that is just that's going to be a great part. for me. You, and then. Yeah, you say that until that happens in the movie. And you're like, that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. And then at the end, I just thought they looked like Shrek. Weird. Like, I thought more um, the, uh, from, like, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yuck, the Koopa. The little, I remember as a kid being like, I am so disappointed in this. Yeah. I was like, when they make a sequel. Yeah. I just assumed there was going to be a sequel. I was like, when they make a sequel, I hope it's better. And they haven't. I'm not that sad about it. But I just. Yeah, I'll see it. Absolutely. I just remember being like, this is shit. Yeah, this is not good at all. Um, I don't think I'll feel that way about this uh, Michael Bay produced, not directed. Uh, yeah, Ninja Turtles. So Boogie Nights just started. I, I like to comment on it <clears throat> um, on a lot of film this making spinning. websites and things like that. Uh, this scene specifically is credited um, as a uh, because it's a, a two plus minute one take, um, which starts with a great song, a fantastic song. Starts on the logo of the club across the street which is also the title of the film. And then we get car shots uh, to handheld shots, all one take. And when I made 
uh, Dream Harder My Movie, I just very ambitiously thought, well, I have to start the movie with a three-plus-minute one-take. So oh, I yeah. choreographed this whole afternoon um, from the bottom of a house to the top of the house to the kitchen, out the patio door to the back patio, through the patio set to the pool, and then into the pool. This, like, three-minute take, which kind of mirrors this uh, fantastic shot where we get to meet and introduce all the characters. and Yeah, I didn't realize... Uh... I always forget his name. Luis Guzman. Yeah. Um, I always want to call him Guillermo del Toro. Luis Guzman. Guzman, though, great fucking actor. Yeah. Character actor, he kills it. His work in community will go down as some of the best work ever. He's funny. In life. Um, Unstrunk Love, he killed it. Another collaboration. With PTA. With PTA. And Um, this movie, $13 million budget. Uh, probably because they had actors like uh, Burt Reynolds who didn't want to be in it and it's like fire yeah. their agent after the fact. Yeah, that's a thank you to IMDb for interesting that. Interesting story that I also read from IMDb and he got nominated for an Oscar for this movie. No one has ever commented on whether or not he regretted the whole firing his agent after he got nominated. I don't for an know. Oscar. When you're still at that level, you get somebody else, and that's and that's it. Eh? Business, I guess. Don so Cheadle too. Don Cheadle awesome and uh, Guillermo del Toro, Luis Guzman, always are in movies together in this time period. Like, Traffic and this. Traffic, yeah. I, and by that, I mean just those two movies. But, like, I feel like... Killing it. At the time, I was like, are these guys just, like... I honestly thought somehow they were, like, producers or together or something. I'm like, how were they always yeah, together? Yeah, they always, always like, friends yeah. together. How old do you think you were when you started realizing that, wow, all these same actors and filmmakers just keep coming up in the same movies? I never I considered... Tarantino. I, I never considered actors and directors... I only ever cared about like actors working together because, oh, yeah. uh, like, as a kid, I just didn't care about right. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. But what, like, so how old are you when you started like seeing the trends of like, oh shit, probably Adam like Sandler eight, has all his friends. Like, probably when I was eight or something. I was like, when I grew up, I was like, you know what? Yeah, these, this producer obviously, this casting director obviously really likes these certain people. Like Allison yeah. Jones, is that her name? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, does all she, the Apatow she, stuff. Yeah, and like The Office and stuff like that. Good old Mark Wahlberg, who's having a hell of a year. <sighs> Bro, he's had a hell of the last 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you're counting. No, this is, what is this? This is 97. This This is 97. Yeah, 1997. So this is after, uh, this is after Fear and. (laughs) I'd never watched it, but um, yeah. Basketball Diaries. That must have been another movie I didn't watch. I think after this, he did the big hit. And it was his name. That was my. That was another yeah. big disappointment Ooh, for Simon me. Simon Phillips shot in Hamilton yeah. too, son. And like the old Devil's Woodbine. Punch Bowl. Or, yeah. But I just remember being like, why? Why? Sorry, I'm going to cut off my thought here for uh, William w- H. William H. Macy. Kills it why is movie. he always a sad sack? Because I, w- I just wish he could I be know, a winner man. one time. I know, time. I know. Edmund was pretty good. Edmund. That's not a thing. I'm just David kidding. Mamet movie he did. Um, oh, I w- I'll watch it now. And the thing with William H. Macy in Boogie Nights, the character he plays, my brother fu- fucking nailed it. Yeah. My brother was a mix of, of William H. Macy's character and John C. Riley's character. Um, and there was another character that was also a John C. Riley character. And my brother, at the William H. Macy moments, fucking nailed it. Who's not an actor, but it's so. Your brother's cool. I tweeted at him on his birthday. Sick, man. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made a video for him, you know? I well, saw it on Instagram brother. and other venues that Good, we won't man. talk about because they're not sponsored. No, exactly. Wait, what did I already... Oh, Instagram and Twitter. Shit. All right. Sorry to finish your thought when we interrupted about William H. Macy. I don't remember what the thought was. I'm going to be honest Casting with Casting people working in movies Oh, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that's what I was going with. I made a joke about being eight and like realizing that. But mm-hmm. I think it was around the time that I started watching. Like, It would probably be like 
high, end of high school, mm-hmm. first year of university, where mm-hmm. I started caring about stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, noticing connections like that. But uh, comedy stuff, right? That was for me. You saw a lot of the same comedy, Wayne's World, and all these like <clears throat> SNL produced movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got, I, I did get that. I, I got like mostly because I listened. I feel well. I don't listen nah, to radio now, so I don't know. But I feel to. like when I was listening to my parents' radio and stuff, there was always like, "Oh, like you." I guess because it was predating the internet, they they had they could say things like that and have it not be something that everyone already knew. But right. you'd be like, "Oh yeah," like SNL is trying to put together like I can't remember what the other Mike Myers movie was that they were trying to do, but like he never did it. The it was like the talk, sh- yeah, the talk show the host, German. whatever. Yeah. Th- so it would be like stuff like that. And I was like, "Oh, so SNL is just in the business of like pumping out movies yep. as well." So I always got that. So I just assumed, like, if I saw Dan Aykroyd, somehow SNL was involved. Or yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. When you're nothing but trouble and you're like, oh. That's Which I only saw because John of Candy's the Tupac, the, the Tupac uh, um, appearance and connection. Tupac was in that movie? Yeah, under, and Digital Underground was in it. Oh damn! Oh, there's is like the band that comes in that gets you know like, it. tried and then they go, that's how you learn that they go through that. Killer ride. That I don't remember anything about it other than they put the song in the commercials, oh. and I was like, "Yeah, nothing but trouble." And then my oh, mom rented it for me, and I was just like, it's "When the fuck is Tupac coming?" And movie. I don't get what's going on. Dan Aykroyd's character has a penis for a nose. <laughs> like it's a crazy fucking. <laughs> Wait, movie. which one is, is John Candy? The one that doesn't talk? Yeah, he like plays. One of them just doesn't talk. He plays like the or girl. The girl, yeah, yeah, cop, and she's mute basically, and Chevy Chase is in it. And it's Not this like weird, and Chase. John Candy plays big fan of the John two Candy, cops. who I uh, very embarrassingly, while watching Jeopardy, called John Goodman. I was so because imba- John Candy was one of the first celebrities that I was sad when they died. Yeah, I legitimately yeah. was like, "Fuck, no!" So he's not going to be in Home Alone three. No. Fine, no. And then Fine. it turned out no one was. No, nope. absolutely. That movie. French Stewart was in it. <laughs> you I know, wish, I wish he. Took off like everyone else in Third Rock from the Sun, or just you know. I, a lot of them. Wow, well, I don't think John just Lithgow. John Lithgow just stayed. No, he. On a that was path. him taking a, a break. He, that was his vacation. Levitt. It took a little while after, but he's in. I think he's on the decline now. Yeah, sure. I don't know. He's like hit record his show. He's they started doing that. So it's uh. I and what about the, the, the woman too, Kristen Johnson? Yeah, she's. I mean, she's, same thing. She Is she in it? She's, pro- she's probably in a show right now. I know Wayne Knight just got a show with probably Fuck with Wayne Kristen Knight Johnson. too. Yeah, I think he's on a show with um, Donald Faison. Damn, good for him. Working between TV, you know. Yeah. Doctors. What else is he gonna do? They're, unless he is actually tapped to do Space Jam too. Fuck no, thanks. I I was really disappointed in how many people actually believed that. Uh, I would not want that to see Space Jam. LeBron James, James was doing Space Jam too. <laughs> I'm I'm noticing a big creep up in people just like putting out these articles on their Facebook feed and me being like, "That's not a thing. that's not a thing." That, yeah, like there's a lot of not credible websites out there. But lately, some of those sites are jokes. Like it's like made specifically like the for the stuff, joke. Right? Well, no, the Onion's like an institution now. But like, right. there's other sites that I guess are trying to be the Onion that are made specifically to have joke headlines like that, and people are like posting it on their wall, like, "Oh, I can't believe this is true." I'm like, oh, and you didn't even have to comment on. You're just like, "This is no, I don't comment blatantly on untrue." I only comment on people's podcast posts. Sick, I love so it. Just yours, and I don't even do that anymore. Great use of Paul Thomas Anderson as a filmmaker, his pushing and pulling of the camera. And do you scenes. think some famous comedians on the other end of the phone right now? I feel like that's that's been Paul of Tompkins' move. 
in his movies. I, I was being on the I, other end I of the I feel phone. like it might be him, too. This oh. is like very dramatic scene with Julianne Moore after the montage of her doing drugs, which is brilliant. Talking to get custody of her kid because she was This movie born, like, is way too depressing. You were talking about uh, uh, that movie, Requiem, Requiem for a Dream, Dream before yeah. we started recording. And now I realize this is an equally <laughs> depressing movie. Every the, bit. Even this scene right here. Yeah, William just, H. Macy comes in. You know, and I, I don't hate the scene when he has to watch his wife get fucked. Well, get ready to see it right here. And, no, I, and I don't like describing scenes when we watch them on the podcast. I do like just chatting about everything. But it's so brilliant. The muted tones, you know, his like slow routine when he comes into the house, the keys, checking the TV, putting his bag down, <laughs> taking his shoes off. Like it, it builds. And as a film, I, I feel it's so wonderful that you can do that. Because you get time to build Still one take, then his head just peeps around the corner because he, what's that he hears? I hate watching people be cheated on or uh, cuckolded. Cuckolded, yeah. Well, that's for that's for that's for guys, I guess. Is that there the it same is. For Boom. Women? His wife. The fuck are you doing? Played by porn, legitimate porn actress Nina Hartley. Um, Her face in a too. few cameo roles of real porn stars in this movie. Um, just this is such a depressing. Uh, it's my wife, you asshole. I can't believe it. But no, this is the worst. Get out! She's just like get out. Yeah, I don't like it. It's, You're so on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, brilliant! Going with that? Um, you don't like seeing people get no, 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 no. That was a, that was an offshoot of an offshoot of an idea. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I guess the point is he has comedians in his movies. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Oh, okay. But I'm you, sure, you, absolutely. Oh, no, here's what I was really getting at. I didn't even have a chance. So when we did the Big Lebowski, mm -hmm. uh, the scene where Julianne Moore does the like mm -hmm. little acrobatic thing so that she can get the cum in the right place, so that or sorry, ejaculate, <laughs> yeah. so that she's like, oh, you, you, it's a better chance of insef or insemination this way. Uh, I said that was a big thing for me. And then the first thing for me was when she has the sex scene with Mark Wahlberg. And, yeah. this, and she's like, it's okay, you can finish with me, I'm fixed. I was like, this is, we are adults now. Yeah. I had. I, those were two big moments in my sexual <laughs> awakening. Yeah. This, I mean, you know, I, I didn't say it at the, at the beginning, but Boogie Nights for me, I mean, I was like a, like a horny, dirty middle schooler. Did and, you have glasses back then, too? Of course, since oh, grade five. Wow. And my, you know, Boogie Nights came out in theaters, and we didn't see it, but I knew it was about porn from reading about it. And so that was just like the thing. I bought a Boogie Nights poster when we went to an Ottawa trip. Um, from school in grade eight, and I bought a Boogie Nights poster. And just because, uh, no, I wasn't grade eight, I was in grade six, just because it was like about porn, and we would joke about it, and I'd never really seen the movie. And then I'd seen it, and I was just like the sex scenes, and like, whoa, this is crazy. Just like you said, like we're adults now. They're yeah, talking about porn, is. and people get killed in this movie. And it wasn't until uh, a few years later when I because I always had a copy of the movie, of course, that I, like, revisited it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why did I, how did I miss all of this brilliant filmmaking and storytelling? Well, and the fuck? first time you watched it, you were probably like, oh, sex. I was too young, absolutely. Yeah, oh, my like, God, oh, absolutely. Give it to me, Doc, you motherfucker. And it, I mean, <laughs> no, it just, and then, you know, the movie stayed with me, and it was one of the first movies that I had saw that, I like, really moved me as, like, someone who liked film. And then it influenced the first really big project I ever undertook. 
uh, Dream Harder was Dream Harder, and I I was so nervous. I didn't have any confidence in my own ideas to do anything original. And my brother's friend, or a friend of mine, TJ, who's in Dream Harder, you pointed at the screen. I was like, "He's we in this." Do, yeah, we were gonna do. Um, he, uh, Wait, is TJ the <clears> How to make a porno? Yeah, he played the conquistador. We were gonna make this mm. video like a how to make a porno, and it was gonna be like a fake documentary set in the seventies with these characters that I had done. I made this seventies music video, and then we started talking, and he he loved Boogie Nights. We always watched it, and we loved it. And he was like, "Why don't you make a comedic Boogie Nights?" Basically, like a parody. Your Dream Harder also gets pretty depressing. Yeah, that's the thing I love about it. Is that <laughs> you just can't, you just can't pay homage stuff. to this movie without getting depressing. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a, like a blatant copy. I tried to. I mean, there's a lot of scene. I use well, there's no structure. black people in it, so you can't. There's you know not. You, it's not apples to apples. That's very true. Like this great scene with Buck Swope selling this high fi frequency. I used to know this whole scene. And I would just do it in middle school. And it's not even like a building scene. It's just he's trying to sell this guy. Yeah, it's it's like you would look Glenn, at me Gary, like, Glenn, what Ga- Glenn Gary, Gary, Glenn Ross. What is that movie called? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, yeah. So this movie does hold a really special place because it helped influence one of the biggest things I ever undertook. And then it was just like one of these movies I saw when I shouldn't have been watching it. But I, you know, and I was like, oh, boobs, boobs, and the big dick at the end. Oh, spoiler alert. Is it? You know? I, okay, was it the Oscars that made fun of that or just MTV? I remember an award show, like, uh, making a joke about a the lot big of them. dick. Oscars, too, obviously. Absolutely. When There Will Be Blood was all over it, I'm sure they made a comment about it. There Will Be Blood. But how I'm so glad I didn't live in a time of this <laughs> nonsense. What in this era? Yeah, seventies. The, the no, the A track is basically oh, the A track. But he just pops it in, and it's country music, yeah. and that's the thing that they built for his character is he's like just like a Crash, black which he's cowboy, in. which is brilliant. Yeah, do you think Crash like um, Crash Paul Haggis saw that and oh, was yeah. like, "Hey, let's have your brother get into country music the way you were into country music in Boogie Nights." Boogie Nights. And that is the first time to. anyone has ever favorably referenced Boogie Nights and Crash together. Wow. wow. History being made on this episode of a podcast. The fuck was that? I thought I told you. Huh? Cut up with this cowboy shit. <laughs> this is that this Great is scene. obviously the most depressing to me, this black guy who can't be who he wants to be. Absolutely. Every theme. And that's the beauty thing about this. This is Carlton esque uh, black guy. <laughs> People hear Boogie Nights they, and things like, get oh, too poor. real. This thing things get too No, I I think there gets to such a high in this movie, and then everyone just has a crumbling defeat, and yeah, it's horrible. Two very specific halves of this movie, yeah. which helped shape Dream Harder, because there's literally two discs, and they split. Uh, the movie splits about where this movie also splits. You know, I don't remember. Oh, that's why I didn't remember there was two discs, because you kept trying to pause and fast forward the whole time that I guess <laughs> the instance where you switched this just felt like more of you being like, no, no, let's skip, let's skip. Yeah. No, it was uh, after uh, <clears throat> my mom dies part. Then... I'm sorry. The, just <laughs> the way you looked at me. And I was like, your mom's not dead. Oh, the movie. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We can say things like that because of the work we're in. And this movie, too, you know, filmed in 1996, probably, in some time. Yeah, All on film. Love the film grain that, you know, you see transferred so well to even just DVD, like, to have it. I wouldn't. Uh, the, I feel like. 
this wouldn't happen. And it probably does happen in real life, but I'm glad I didn't grow up in a world where people felt free to do things like that to someone's face. Like, you would make jokes behind yeah. her back or something like that. So, like, but they knew she was a like, porn star, you know? Like, I know, I know, porn. but it, like, it just like, it seems like even at that point, the group of people I would be around would be like, yeah, she says she's a porn star, so what's the big deal? Yeah. And then you'd still, you'd still feel like you could do it behind her back, but not to her face. Right. No, man, they didn't give a fuck at this point. There was no, there was no social media where they could basically hide and make fun of people. So it was just like anonymous, right to their face, right to their goddamn face. <clears throat> Here's the thing that happened to me on the bus okay. the other day when I was with a friend okay. to their house. Uh, it was <laughs> these kids came on. See, I always used to watch. I always used to nope, nope, not doing it, not doing it. Doc, what are you saying right now? What are you saying, Doc? I'm not going to continue if you're not in the room. What do you think this is? Sorry, toss, topping up my water. Yeah, so uh, I I um, would see things like Glee and be like, no, no, that's <laughs> not a thing. If you're not, a, if you're not performing specifically, you don't do a well-choreographed thing, like just in the hall for fun, like to hang out. Right. Like you wouldn't do that. But then I'm on the bus and these six kids come on the bus. They, they're a little rowdy or whatever. And then they just all calm down and in like three-part harmony start singing uh, Redemption Song by Bob Marley in a Whoa. much better way than I – I don't like Redemption Song, but I liked their rendition of that song. It was really well done. Was somebody filming it? No. They were just doing it they legitimately just, it? just to have fun. It's funny too. And then they watched, walked off the um, bus like nothing happened. They were like still singing when they walked off the bus, but it wasn't like thank you. Thank. Yeah. It was just like they just kept singing because they were just living their life. That happens in schools too. We I watched Donnie Darko the other night, and there's the scene in the beginning, near the beginning, when they do the montage of him going to school, and there's a lot of slow mo shots, <clears throat> and it pans up, and then his younger sister, and they're in that talent show, so they're all doing the the choreographed dance at break, and I remember. Even when I was in high school, outside of when they had talent shows or air bands or stuff like that, there'd be people just doing like choreographed hip hop dancing. Or oh yeah, you got a hip hop. Like dance. they would have uh, just like three or four girls doing like moves in the hallway, and it's like, what do they do that for? I outside of this or <laughs> no, man, you got a hip hop dance. Obviously, do you, does he ever get to have sex with Roller Girl? Yeah, he fucks her right here. Obviously, I haven't seen this, this movie. Is in a while. This is like. So it's all like stages. They see him at the bar, and, and they she, hear he has a dick. She's like, she hey. tests him. Yeah, they, it's the the the, it's the, the legends are true. Yeah, great soundtrack too to this whole entire movie, which also informed the soundtrack of Dream yeah. Harder. Oh, yeah, I really like this soundtrack. I also kind of really liked Heather Graham for because I saw this after I saw The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh shit! And I was like, all right, Heather Graham, you slut. That's yep. not a fair thing to say about her, but legitimately, she was very sexual in both movies. Yep, and she. I haven't seen any like, and then the only other notable movie by her Hangover. is Hangover, so where she <laughs> plays a stripper. Oh wait, no, but, she was on Scrubs for a while, but even then, she was kind of like a lust object. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's. I mean, she's been in a lot where she's shown her uh, breasticles a ton. Mm-hmm. This movie, no exception. No exception at all. You know how hard it was for me t- when I was doing Dream Harder specifically to Cash try and girl. emulate. Uh, no, that was very easy. <laughs> but trying to emulate the seventies with a no budget, you know, yeah. having to cut like the music helps. The music and the Value Village costumes really helped. But you know, they'd be like, "Oh no, there's a satellite dish in the background. Forgot about that." 
Oh, well. <laughs> I honestly don't remember a point where I saw satellite dishes. And they're, they're peppered throughout the I'm going to be honest with you. Having seen it recently, right. in a time where satellite dishes aren't a thing, really, uh, it helps sell the uh, retro <laughs> feeling. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I guess Not that's that they good. were around in the 70s, but it was still like, I was still like, yeah, this was in the past. <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah, I was, don't remember seeing I guess, you know, that. you're your worst critic, right? You know what that's like. I am not. I think everything I do is great, and my mom hates everything I do. <laughs> she loved your book. What? No, she hasn't even read it. But she did read it. No. Your grandma read it? Yeah. One of them. Great. Yeah. I'm kidding. My mom read it. I don't know how she... I don't know what she ultimately thinks of it, though. Really? No. You I never don't. got, like, a full-on... No. What's your sister think of it? She cried at the end. It seems like she cries a lot, but she doesn't. Well, loves you. I don't know if she loves she was going through a, she was going through a rough time with her uh in, it, unfortunately two characters in the book are named well one is her name and the other one was her current boyfriend. Man. So she, I think she was just emotional all you over just the kept place. Kept it kept it real all the way through. The one that was her at the time boyfriend wasn't I wasn't thinking about him. It was just the name. But do you feel like you know she'll always have that? So every time she goes back to read it, it'll hit her at that. I don't think she'll ever read it again. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if she even remembers what happens in that book. Really? Yeah, I don't know. These are the things. There's certain people who will talk to me about the book and what they think of it. My, I don't know. Wait, yeah, you read it. The best was someone being like, actually rooting for uh, the main character to get with one of the girls, and I was like, oh boy. He was, it, it was a girl that I was like, I, I wouldn't, even having read half of this right. book, I wouldn't want him to get with that. Well, but what are you going to do? What I liked about you, your descriptive level of detail. Yeah. And your vast skill and, and talent with straight up plain dialogue. You're right. I am my biggest critic because <laughs> I wouldn't say any of that stuff. Oh, I, absolutely. <clears throat> I loved it. This house they're in right now, too. Smoky. Like, the... Production design, you know, on movies like this. Again, you think for smaller budgets, but this looks right out of the 70s. Who dressed nah, They could have just fashion? gone to, like, Burt Reynolds' house. <laughs> just kidding? like Smokey and the Bandits. Yeah. Know? Just go to this guy's house. It's hey, Bert. That that, that's the dynamic. That's, like, the parents, and he's, he's the sibling of Roller Girl. Is that what's happening in this scene? Kind of. Like, well, there's the scene with her and Roller I mean, Girl all very sexual and stuff. Where they're on, uh, where they're, like, doing coke and it's, like, the big montage. And she's like, can I call you mommy? Can I call you mommy? Okay. No I one's going to hear mommy. what you're saying. No, well, <laughs> when it comes up, I'll this comment on it. This is not the uh, No Talent podcast. <laughs> we don't have mics surrounding us. I have, I run a 16 mic studio when I do it. Yeah. yeah a lot of my so guests like, turn and be like stand up and move. You the know, whole 360 atmosphere. You know, when you are the Pope, they just you need the whole entire 360 degree. Uh, speaking of the Pope, okay. I saw <laughs> some improv. The uh, I saw some really good improv actually. These t- I felt bad though. So uh, there's a show. If you yeah. ever get a chance to see it, this is to you, Ian, and yep. all the, all of the people listening. Okay. If you get a chance to see it, you should watch uh, Catch 23. Um, Where is this? It is at the Comedy Bar, which okay. is just west of Ossington on Bloor. Oh, are we going to see her boobs? Full frontal. Oh, good for her. Good. That must Boom. have been very daring of her. I bet there's that comedian, um, Ricky Lindholm. Okay. Who, oh, yeah, um, yeah. 
who gets naked in a movie called Hell Baby, and I yep. I listened to a lot of podcasts she's on, and so f- there was like a good three month period of her being like, oh, I can't eat, I can't eat, because she knew she had this nude scene wow. coming up, and I just felt really bad for her. I mean, overall, you probably shouldn't be eating cupcakes all the time, but I just right. felt bad because I was just like, oh, everyone else is eating, and you're like really worried about how you're going to look on screen. And or well, maybe she has like a goal too, you know? That she well, yeah, to but that cupcake in that instance is going to ruin that goal for her, so. Yeah. But back to my... Uh, this girl, too. My mom just killed it. Yeah, your mom did a great job. <laughs> your whole family did a great job. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, you're, you go on. Yeah, you guys definitely should... <laughs> I feel like it's not important now. But you should really watch Catch-23. Catch-23? The point I brought was trying to bring up was it's three teams, three improv teams, and they have four rounds, and they have 23 minutes to do improv that's, inter- that's put out through the four rounds. Whoa. So... Uh, and then the crowd rates them, and then they get a celebrity judge to guess them to judge them. So it's like a combined out of ten thing. Crowd is worth five. Judge is worth five. And um, who is the celebrity judge? I don't know. Some guy from Second City. But the host was from YTV. Since I don't watch YTV now, I don't know. What's his name? Jason something. Yeah. Is he like a Latino guy? No. Well, maybe I don't know. He's Latino in the way that I know. Uh, Charlie Sheen is actually Latino, but he doesn't look it. Mm. I mean, maybe. I'm saying maybe. I doubt he is Latino, though. But, um, so, um, I felt bad, though, because there was a group that was just two girls, and, like, they always got rated lower, but I thought their first one wasn't that good, but I thought they did well with what they were, what was thrown at them. what was tossed at them. And then, like, they had consistently three very strong (laughs) things after that, but they always consistently got lower than the other two guy groups. And I was, and I was like... Times haven't changed that much. <clears throat> Were they like zany character girls or? No, I mean they tried. They they were when they weren't doing improv. So like they always have like thirty seconds or so before they go into whatever they're doing to like you know play with the music and stuff like that. And they were kind of like jumping around being funny like that. But then when they got into it, they ha- they actually were more dark than zany. Like it was always oh, that's some good. dead parent in right, it right, or something right. like that. Did you um, feel like that was unnecessary, or it was a? It was I, I always get a little awkward about dead parent jokes, but right. what, what are you going to do? Um, You're going to say them. That's it. No, I don't say any <laughs> dead parent jokes. Um, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's not for me to make j- jokes about. Uh, but there was one group that was the cha- they were the champions. They were really good, and then I didn't like the third group. But they had your boy John Cena. They were playing his music. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. Okay. Um, so his theme song has the infamous MOP ad lib Yapadu, which I won't say. Oh, like at the that. beginning. Yeah. What is that? Is there? Is there, yeah. Is there a version? It sounds like you know MOP, but you only know that song. <laughs> is there any version of that song with MOP on it? Or was that uh, just probably. like they produced? Yeah, no, because he did. He his his like first gimmick was he was a rapper, so he yeah. His first and he gimmick was. And, or his first gimmick to me. This I remember from Dream Harder. This I whole scene. specifically yeah. remember. This. I think it did it pretty good. No, you do. Even to the point of me seeing this and being like, "Oh man!" Like, you got the camera work. The setting, down. the camera work was fairly similar. I tried to get the handheld. Basically, watch Dream Harder. You'll find it out there. Just go to Blockbuster and oh, rent yeah. it. Um, <laughs> one, one cop, two copies in existence. Um, no, what was I saying though? Uh, yeah, John Cena, the first time I knew about him yeah. was he challenged Jay-Z and Fabulous to a rap battle. <laughs> and I was like, no, of course not. And then he 
I I know that wrestling, there's the whole dramatic of flair course, of to course, it. Yeah. So he decided that. I mean, obviously, the only reason I would hear him is if he's he's popping up on my Jay Z fan side and fabulous whoop, whoop. fan side. But like, so he, I think he had like a cutout of them or something, and like just did the battle without them or something, just something like that. And he like was like, oh fuck Jay Z, and I was like, what a weird what? thing. Really? I think because yeah, he is friends with, or at least Premier's friends because he's. Obviously down with MOP because that's the theme song, and then the um, Freddie Fox is the other guy. Okay, and um, I think he was in a video with them. And I know Freddie Fox doesn't particularly like Jay Z, and I was like, I wonder if this is a real thing or if he's just lucked into this. Yeah, uh, and it helps. His the problem is when he was doing that, MOP was signed to Jay Z, so like, he could have been that angry. At them, but like, they're not anymore. So no, I don't. <laughs> I really, it's it's a few times where I'm like, I wish I could tell you more about John Cena. So you, like them, don't actually like him. It's just a funny thing to talk about. Uh, No, I did like John Cena. Also, he did the You Can't See Me thing, which I know Tony Yayo did. And now this is like a who? What came first, Cena or probably uh, Yayo? No, nah, probably the Yayo. And then no, nah, I would imagine Yayo saw that and was like, "Oh, that's cool," because he also said it was the "You Can't See Me" dance, or maybe I just did that. Because he I had got shirts really like WWE thing. shirts where it would be like the hands, yeah. and it would be like "You Can't See." And me. if if you go back to in the club. By 50 Cent, which you mentioned on yeah, uh, an episode you did. <laughs> I don't know when this... I know when this is coming out, but I don't know how many episodes you'll do in between now and the last episode you did, but... Um, Got a couple in the works, you know? Yeah. Episode whatever, 40-something. I'll find out. Don't you worry. I'll know which one it is. But you mentioned uh, in the club on that, which is why I'm saying this, and I wanted to tell you that that's the first time I saw the You Can't See Me dance was in really? that video. If you go back to that video. I did not, but I will definitely And so I don't know if that – so it's episode 46 of the No Talent Podcast, the most promotion you'll ever get on this particular right. podcast. Love it. Because I'm sick and tired of not getting any promotion. This girl here too. Uh, that we She's a real see. porn star. Lil, Lil Cinderella is her name. Um, real porn star, uh, current. I don't obviously not current now. I don't, but she she was probably her, is. her name was Lil Cinderella S I N, Cinderella. Oh, also cameoed as an actor in this movie. So what I'm to understand is Lexington Steel will not cameo in this. Fuck man, I I would loved it. I would have loved it if Lexington Steel was in this movie. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> Huge thing, uh, as I've said, and I've talked about it. And, huge thing. Uh, Lexington Steel's oh, massive it's a, it's a penis. Huge, okay. This is a porn. You know, Boogie Nights is a porn movie. The, uh, Lexington Steel, the porn star's thing is when he ejaculates, he, he ejaculates. usually makes <laughs> when he when he pops. Oh God! He screams and oh, he's so loud and it's hilarious. So I know that your episode comes out after an episode where we talk about ripping one off in your undies and then. <laughs> And then another one where we talk about the difference between scrotum and testicles. Love it. Uh, and here we are talking about ejaculating <laughs> sounds. Different sounds, right? And I always thought that was so fucking hilarious. Somebody put a YouTube video together of all mix-up of just the audio of him ejaculating. Now, here's a question. Was that an influence on your ejaculating sound in Dream Harder? Or? Yes, absolutely it was. Because... What was your sound? <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> and it just through repetition of the joke evolved into that. It was always be like, "Oh God!" But then every time screaming that at the top of your lo- your voice, it scratches your voice a bit. Oh, oh God! So then it would like lighten a little, and then instead of taking the words out, it just went from like, "Oh God!" to oh. 
You're a regular old really Seth loud. MacFarlane over here, getting oh. the whole etymology of your voice. I don't know if that's actually the right word to use, but it's a fun word to use. Well, it was just the evolution of that yes, specifically. That is exactly so the word while I wanted as to use. Boogie Nights um, deals with a young porn star who has a huge penis, or you, a young guy with a huge penis. Yours is a porn star who has a huge ejaculate Ejaculate sound. sound. So it wasn't the fact that I... I do want to say that I know that ejaculate isn't the right word to use here, but it's just fun to continue and the, the joke. tie-in that I always love to do is I did a touring kids show for nine months. Hilarious. And... I did... I don't, <laughs> do, I don't know if I know this. I don't and, know, where, uh, I know where this is going. There's animals in the show, and <laughs> a baby... Uh, a barn owl is in the show, and so it's like a story... They got actors to to um, tell this whole story with video components. And so, you know, me, I improvised a lot of it while still reigning true to the story. And there's a part where I find the baby owl and I built this whole scenario. And I see it in front of me and I took two steps forward and I took two steps back. And I walked forward and, you know, you had the kids, right? And then I just started through, like, I guess what stand-up comedians do. They just try things out in the moment and if it hits, you remember it. You're just Your yeah. improvs turn into some of your Good best material. And I would just try this out. And uh, <laughs> a, I got to the point where I would, especially the older kids, because they the ones so that absurd. No, and <laughs> even the young kids too. Or when I finally <laughs> scooped up the owl, I built this whole thing, and I finally came close, and I reached down and scooped it up, and the owl let out this terrifying sound. <laughs> I just screamed so loud. And these kids would just be like, uh, uh, they would be like squawking it back. These these kindergartners to grade eight, especially the younger kids. So the too, grade eights definitely were they watching. All, porn, well, the though. grade eights, this one. They knew Lexington Steel. I don't know, but it doesn't. It wasn't an exact. Imagine if they were copy. like, uh, uh, and then like went home and they're like, oh, oh, oh no, what have I done? This one show, this kid, at the, we did a Q and A, and he was like, "Can you do that sound again?" And then without a beat, I was like, "Sure," but if I do it, you have to come up here right now and you have to do it with me because I don't remember how it sounds. In the whole grade, like you could tell, the teachers were like, "Uh, calm down, calm down." Did they know? Did they know what? Get up, get up! And then they got up there, and he was like, "I don't, I don't remember." And I was like, "You don't remember?" He's like, "I don't, I don't remember." I was like, "You want me to do it, but you don't remember." And it's like a game show. Everyone in the crowd was like, and he was like, "Oh, it was weak." And everybody cheered, and I was like, "All right." And then the animal trainer too. She's standing there looking at me like, "What are we teaching these kids right now?" And I just oh. like, uh, so that's that's art mixing art Can I from a male porn star's comedy to me turned into a big part in my first movie and in educating the youth <laughs> about barn owls. Can I just say one thing? We've passed the point, but like there was a scene where they're going through this pool party, yep. and it was uh, it was almost like they were copying American Hustle, a movie I know you love. That's <laughs> what I feel about American yeah. Hustle. To me, is a yeah. mix of Boogie Nights and Goodfellas. Yeah, you did. When we when we talked about it initially, you brought up Boogie Nights. Right? I Part just, two. I just hate it, man. Oh, William I hate H. Macy. Every time William H. Macy, <laughs> poor bastard. Every time Bill Howard Macy gets, just gets on screen, you know his wife's gonna be, you know, getting fucked, and he kills it, man. That mustache, Lil Bill is his name. And he kills it. One one more thing about Catch Twenty Three okay. before the next thing. Yeah, uh, is that the uh, group that I didn't much care for, the one with the John Cena right thing? They had an amazing round where uh, they uh, pulled someone from the audience, and then one uh, they just did the whole improv scene where one of the guys in the team could only respond with text messages that guy sent. Oh damn! So he had to scroll. Like it kind of was weak for a bit. 
but like they really killed it because like a lot of it made sense. Like he was just able to like scroll. You could see him scrolling through because it had to be a text message. The owner of the phone had. like right, it couldn't be right, any right. text on the phone. It had to be the what the owner said, and he killed. Like they killed it. With, but they also got screwed. Not really screwed, but it was like they had a bad sec, uh, round after that because the round after that was supposed to be that they have to use someone from the crowd. And then the host was like, well, you fucked that up, so now I'm giving you the judge. And, and oh, it was kind of like, damn. Eh, whatever. But, like, yeah, that, they, like, because I was, I remember, like, everyone's laughing at their first round. I think it's shit. Yeah. And then their second round, I was like, holy shit, that That's was great. really good. Like, they just came up with that, and they, they made it work. interesting way to do it. I'm sure they've done it before, but it was just, like, one of those things where, like, they showed a little, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, here's a Ricky J. He is a magician. Do you like magicians? Yeah, absolutely. Magic growing up was a huge thing for me. And Ricky J, I knew as a magician, didn't know shit about him. I would just see him on magic specials and stuff. But on Netflix, there's a documentary about him, which, of course, I watched because I was like, oh, Ricky J, yeah, he's in all P.T. Anderson's movies. He is? Uh, yeah, of course he I is. I only know him from Deadwood, this, and then probably other P.T. Yeah, Anderson movies. He's like a friend of his know. dad's. He was a friend of his dad's. And... I watch this documentary and it's mind blowing. This guy, this like sixty plus year old man, has been doing magic since he was oh, like yeah, the prestige. seven, eight years old, and it's crazy. Like he's just done it for fifty years of performing. Hmm. Fifty years, yeah, and still like, been a like Michael Jackson if he was still alive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yes, I like that you made that American Hustle because it did. That was that's one thing I felt, and as a huge fan of of boogie nights there's no i liked american hustle and I, obviously he's not copying or maybe he was inspired by absolutely as there's i am no as a chance filmmaker. he was not influenced by boogie nights in that shot yeah but i was like it was does. like the same lighting and everything yeah the same like uh wardrobe yeah it's the same thing i mean true detective did a long one take and they fucking nailed it yeah, no, but it, it didn't look own. like it was based on anything. Well, that's other the thing. They made it their own. Everyone likes doing it. David Russell's takes. a smart filmmaker. You know, he's got that awesome shot where it always, like, the scene ends on a wide shot of whatever, and then it's the camera's mounted on a vehicle, and it drives away from the, the people. He, that's, that's one of his shots. That's his move. That he has in a lot. I, although I didn't see it. I was waiting to see it in um, American Hustle, and I didn't see it in that. But it's, it's all throughout the fighter. It's, there's um, some fucking great scenes. Uh Quentin Tarantino has the from the trunk shot. Trunk loves feet I mean, shots. in in uh, Inglorious Bastards, it had to change to uh, looking up from the uh, swastik uh, mm-hmm. uh, carved in the head mm-hmm. thing. I can't remember what it is in Django. I think in Django it was just uh, like something to do with a horse. There There's is. your boy, Philip Bill Hoffman, Hoffman, who fucking nails it in this movie as the empathetic Scotty J, the gay sound, ner- like the nerdy. It's such a... He's a really good actor. Oh, he's basically. such a fucking great actor, and this is such a great role for him. Oh, this guy just zeroed and in on him. <clears throat> I did that exact effect in Dream Harder. You know, it's, such, it's so easy, and I remember proud being yourself, so though. proud of myself <laughs> when I did that. I was like, oh, man, this looks like it. And the guy that I had playing, Scotty J, while I'll say it, I had a bit of difficulty with him in the role. Getting Can I him say I liked him Like, he killed it. it. Yeah, because he looks like him too, kind of. And I, I really liked his performance in that movie. Yeah, it was a little difficult at first. It was a little difficult talking to him in real life. You, yeah. I met him in Hamilton. Oh yeah, you met him. Yeah, I know I did. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I saw you in Dream Harder, boy. <laughs> no, I didn't know he was in Dream Harder. He looks completely different. Scotty J. 
He looks completely different. Here's the thing. You gonna tell your kids? He's got kids now. Hey, Mike, you gonna tell your kids you played Scotty J in fucking Dream Harder? Yeah, boy. Yeah, 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 boy. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. No, I don't want to do it. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, in Filmmakers, there's a shot I'm really proud of that I didn't really have anything to do with. It's just a shot that I would really like. It's when we superimposed our TV show onto the TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, that oh, great. my goodness. We did it. We fucking did it. We did it. When by <clears throat> we, I mean Joel Harvey. Because I would have just literally made something burned it to a dvd played it on that tv's dvd player and then like have the scene like, no, no, now you can do it in baby. post yeah boy. and here's yeah. the colonel character which is uh, uh the conquistador in my movie so tj yeah, i was, I was gonna say is this tj because he looks it's funny re-watching this movie and like yeah, remembering see, see absolutely uh, dream Harder. but not just like oh i remember that character but being like oh you really nailed it on that uh yeah on the look and that scene when he oh, asks yeah, third so diggler i hear you got a big cock <laughs> uh, yeah i guess so can i see it please right here yeah and then pulls his dick out. Thanks, Eddie. And we did that scene in Dream Harder. And he grabs at my dick. Uh, I'm, wow. I will say that you didn't do that sound enough for me in that movie. I didn't want to overkill it. That was yeah, a main well, it. thing. Yeah. <clears throat> this whole sequence, too, when they come up with his name, Dirk Diggler, when they're in the hot tub, I had shot a whole entire um, segment which mainly due to it being such a windy day when we shot this portion oh, of it. Oh, the it was, audio. It was totally unusable, but it was this ridiculous half green screen, like kind of Tim and Eric thing before, you know, I even knew who Tim and Eric was or that what style of editing was there. And then, yeah, and then it was like a half voiceover of me and, and Dan, my, my good friend Dan, who played me. the John C. Riley character. And... Um, we had my buddy Mike, too, cleaning the pool in the background of this whole entire shot. He was so cold because it was so windy, but he kept doing it. And then, yeah, we, I, he told the story of how I came up with the name Lance Charmingson, blah, blah, blah. That's the, my porn star name. But because of fucking, yeah, weather conditions, we lost. You should have said we didn't want the movie to be too long. And it would be funny because your no, movie's three No, because then it would have pushed the movie <laughs> yeah. to over three hours. Yeah. Uh, so to match you uh, story for story because this is match, a competition. Match. Um, we couldn't use a lot of the footage from the uh, dinner scene in Filmmakers, which was a real big defeat. If anyone cares about this, you could just watch the. You can't watch the commentary. You can watch but my like, trailer for this movie. Then, yeah, so you can only. You can't watch Dream Harder. I was joking on, about the link on your Tumblr though. That's I will the most obviously. Yeah. Time. Thanks for letting me uh, offer. Uh, <laughs> Too sweet. Uh, no, but we we it was the first shot. It's the first scene that we filmed with actual people who weren't part of the immediate family right, yes, of film always. filmmakers. We had the yeah. two Lauras and a Christina in the scene, um, and it was like we were just going for it, and we had a great time. We were so happy about it. We were so happy that we like. I think we ended at like eleven at night and still went into like the lab to uh, edit the scene together. And that's when we realized how much of the footage we couldn't yeah, use, fuck. which it's meant so that like it's my last scene in the show, and I had and it basically got cut out. It's gone, yeah. And I was like, ah, now people won't know if I'm funny or not. Yeah. That's it, boy. But Jake and Paul still got to be it's, really it's, funny. It's same with my favorite line. How many podcasts I've lost? You know. Whoops, yeah, there's one with whoops. me and Steve that you uh, yep. conveniently lost. Uh, <laughs> 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 we should try to do that again, though. That was a great idea. That's, thank you for reminding me on this. When I listened to back this back, if I had if I forgot it by then, 
you'll hear mentally this. Mentally remind myself again. Remind, in case you've checked. Remember. <laughs> you might remember. mentally have checked out by this point in the podcast. No, I listen to all of them. Oh, really? All the way through. Do I listen to it in one time? No, absolutely not. Most podcasts I don't listen unless they're under an hour and I'm driving to like Hamilton or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You break it up. And that's so it never – I can listen to a six-hour podcast as long as I found it interesting. Yeah. You know? Because you don't listen to it all. No, I like once. very rarely listen. But yeah, I lost tons of – lost full short films. That is very well, sad can, When Because you didn't save, your file didn't save, or I lost hard drives. I've lost you know, podcasts, all tons of stuff. Which is so frustrating. Probably some of the most frustrating moments ever is when you like finish a six-hour editing session and then you like, have to create a new project and you accidentally save that as the file and everything's lost and there's no undo. It's very upsetting. And you're we'll just lose like, a project. Unbelievable. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. Is that something he did? Oh, no. Hercules? Disappointed! <laughs> oh, yeah, that. Yeah. Hercules. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I was like, unbelievable. Is that a <laughs> Yeah. No, that's what it was. Yeah. But that, you know, you, it's interesting because you learn and then it's like maybe it wasn't meant to be. And I'm saying maybe the same with music. I don't know. Like, you ever make stuff and you just trash it or stuff comes in and stuff comes out? Okay. So here's a story that hasn't been said on the podcast. So Perfect. people will be interested. Uh, the... Uh, I don't know if you can still download it off the site, but it was on, it is on the site. It's called In Guard We Trust. It's okay. the last thing I did while I was in Hamilton, music-wise, right before Filmmakers. Um, and it started, I started it, but then there was one night where my good friend Chucks, and uh, mm-hmm. he's now called Zippy. He was on the podcast. We did 40-Year-Old Virgin mm-hmm. together. Chucks does the theme song for this. Um, Love thing. it. So they're still around, but um, to the we fall at the time, yeah, writing, yeah, great song, great song. I was really happy I could be on the remix. I'm just awesome. Um, but what happened was, uh, they, what happened? So obviously now that's going at the front of this podcast. If I can find Put it, it on, oh, absolutely. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I'm not. Uh, but what happened was one night, Tactics was going to Mohawk. Chucks and I were going Tactics to Zippy. But I always call him Taxes. Okay. He was going to Mohawk. Chucks and I are at McMaster. He comes over. He's like, we're going to do one mixtape in one night. I don't care what happens. So I'd already oh, I'd done three. Cool. I did three songs for the for my mixtape. That um, So we did that with Chucks, just three songs. And then it was like 7 o'clock at night, and Taxes was like, we're doing this. We're ha- it's happening. That's wild. Some of the best songs on the mixtape are from that, that one night. Nah, I mean, Double but takes. the thing is, I fell asleep through some of it, and they lied to me and told me that I tried to freestyle, and I never freestyle. But they're like, <laughs> yo, you tried to freestyle, man. Like, And it was on a beat I really liked, so I was like, I could see myself being like, no, no, I'm let me try, that. let me try, let me try. And they're like, you just, it was really bad, man. Like, it's, We don't oh, even want to play man. it for you. Like, we don't, I, I didn't, though. They were just fucking with me. But oh, it was okay. like... That's, as an artist, I'd be like... They were like, it was mortified. Really, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I was fuck. like, come on, play it for me. Like, how? They're like, no, you just kept thinking that it was really cool to rhyme two and shoe. And I was like, no, I wouldn't do that. And like, oh, look, man, man, it was really bad. But like, so yeah, it we just, wasn't true. No, it wasn't. But like, it was, good, it was a great terrifying. night. Like, we had, we had people coming in from the club to do hooks and like leaving. And like, just, it, was, it was great. My mom's favorite song by us was made that night. And I remember being so opposed to it. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then that guy came. He was, like, dressed up. Like, he wasn't, like, dressed up. And like, oh, I got a button up in jeans. Like, this guy had a suit on. 
he like undid his suit. He liked the energy and like started like freestyling with us. And then we uh, just got him to do a hook. I think he did a verse that we took off. Like he asked to take off. He has to take off. But he did the hook for us. And I was like, I'm gonna do the song now. Now I'm gonna do this. And now I listen to it every time. And I'm like, Why did I not? <laughs> why was I, I? The thing is, I can't put that at the front because it's a. Uh, we used a Young Buck beat. That's uh, part of the reason I didn't want to do it. And I was like, Fuck Young Buck. But like. Yeah, but you got to watch those licensing issues. Yeah, so I, le- I left it. I can't put that at the front of the pocket, but we can do writing till the wheels fall off. Classic song. Um, it's a great scene here, too. The, the actual filming of his first porn scene. Yeah. I remember when I was making Dream Hunter, I'll talk a lot about that. As a director, I you know, really wanted to be, and I've talked about this before, but I really wanted to be you know, smart about how I did it and, and hit. So I watched a ton of porn for research. You know, I was like thinking about it, like, oh, could I, you know, could I actually be a porn director? Could I be a porn performer? And like, really entourage. Thinking about, I don't. What do you mean, an entourage? It's inside joke, bro. Inside joke. Oh, fuck. Like the show, I never. I watched a bit of it. Didn't watch all of it. <laughs> yeah, you probably. Last season, I think I watched. Oh, that's the worst. That's the worst season to watch. That's it, boy. I don't know. The first two seasons are good. When he's trying to be Aquaman, that was really that oh, was yeah, like Aquaman really stuff. good. Yeah, no, I never watched any of that. Unfortunately, it's a based on Mark Wahlberg doing uh, Perfect Storm. It was like his first like big budget film oh, really? that he didn't want to fuck up, and like he felt really nervous about. Yeah. Wow. I would have hoped that it would have been something better than Perfect Storm. That's Not that Perfect Storm is yeah, a bad movie, uh, but I don't think of it as a big budget Dante movie. Riley too in it? No, I've never seen it. I just oh. don't think Your of it as a George big budget. Clooney. Oh, there's Scotty J. Oh my god. Oh, oh god. <laughs> seeing his dick for the first time. Ooh, is she touching herself? You know what? I forgot that Nicole Ari Parker's in this. Nicole Ari Parker. That's right. It's, yeah, I looked at her name on the poster the other day, and I was like, because I was, oh, I man. only associate her with doing classy things, except for. And I'm not saying this is bad, but when she's in uh, Real Husbands of Hollywood, okay, it's like I'm like, oh, it's good to see her having is that fun, funny? and I really like it. Like I really it, yeah. like it. I saw it the other day too, and I was like, oh yeah. Want to know who else likes it? Is Donald Faison. He loves and it. We all like Donald Faison. See, he, he's not in it. Doesn't have a cameo or anything. Such a racist. What are you talking about? He's no, an actor. not every black person is on Real Husbands of Hollywood. It's Denzel. No, but Chris Rock is. Really? Which, that was a. It was a good t- run. It was a. They were going off of comic stealing jokes. And yeah, I love it. I I'm usually the one to point out if there's boobs on screen. That Thank you boob, for boobs, boobs. This was a big scene for me because I just remember like, oh my goodness, he's not wearing a condom. Yeah, I and remember. She told him to go for it. Um, this was it. This was the scene we were talking about specifically. Yeah. And again, I remember. In my. Maybe not the first time it really hit me as like this is a fucking movie, but definitely one of the second or third times I remember watching it with my dad, who had such an appreciation for music, for movies and music, but for movies and not once because I, you know, a lot of people I love this movie and people talk I about hate it and they're this like, upside down shot. Oh, it really I, ruins timing. Yeah, but it really helps to sell the fact that they're not actually fucking, but he can show a little bit more because your eyes can't really focus on. It. It's a smart filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, design and just like because we can do this effect um, but you know a lot of people when they watch this movie were like oh that scene yeah like I watched my parents were there and I felt so awkward and I, I would like, never want um, to see this with my parents and I remember watching it with my dad and, and it was I never an issue and I talk about a lot of stuff with my parents but yeah. it's always talking and I don't have to watch, like see anything yeah and I was just like it's not an issue I mean I don't know we just talked we like talked about these scenes and like the lens flares and you know, like the 
I'd be like, you think that's mostly your dad trying to like distract from the sex? No, on I, it was me who had those. Oh. My dad was like, so do you think your dad was kind of like, come on, man, well, don't you care about the tits? Mm. I don't know. No, I my like dad how was never in like this situation, I think like that, that your dad has to be opposed to you. <laughs> I can't just let it be that you guys were on the same page. Maybe I just, we I don't know. We always just had good movie conversations, and it was never just like, oh, there's a sex scene that's awkward. It was like this was integral because this is the first showing of him becoming a star they you know this movie doesn't work in the second half when it's so depressing if they don't really build the first half you know and i think it was things like yeah looking at it like that like beast of a southern wild <clears throat> as soon well, as that, when wild, that movie yeah. starts with them like dancing around with fireworks i'm like oh my god this could only go downhill yep. from here and it did end up being really sad <laughs> but that's the thing about it and again smart storytelling and the shockingness of this movie too. It right now and i'm just like oh my goodness you can come at me. I'm fixed. I can't. I can't. And his nut face. Julianne that close up of her nipple. His nut face? You mean vinegar strokes? <laughs> oh, God. There he goes. Just busting it. Good for him. Old Lexington Steel. He, do you think Mark Wahlberg knows of Lexington Steel? Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. I bet there's like at least seven about... people listening to this being like, who the hell is Lexington Steel? He's a, he's a very no, successful don't You already said earlier. Business but man. don't remind them. He was a uh, account broker uh, in the twin t- one of the Twin Towers. This is true, though. Yeah. This is actually. Yeah. And it sounds like he's joking and making it up, but this is legit. No. This is actually. He decided to Lexington leave that Ste- job of commerce. Funny thing is, he didn't change his name for porn. That's his name. Lexington That's Steel. his Lexington Steel. Yeah. It's his exact name. And <laughs> that old vinegar phase shooting those ropes. Um, so with gross. pans. This was the first movie, if, if filmmakers were out there, people who know film, this is the first movie that really introduced me. The funny thing is, nobody from pans. filmmakers is wa- listening to this podcast. Just in, people in general, you no, know. I just wanted to bring up um, filmmakers. That butt shot, too. Yeah, whip pans. Uh, I was just like, oh, wow, you can like hide shots that way. <laughs> and I'm then, of course, doing Dream Harder, or making Dream Harder, I incorporated a lot of whip pans to hide things and. So like transition stuff, and it was it was because to try to emulate this movie, it like taught me about filmmaking, you know. And that's what I think it was really. It's got to be something. Stole that shot, and it's in it. Yeah, I remember this scene too. It's in the trailer. The scene is in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Jen takes the picture, and we I all use know that Jen. shot. <laughs> We're all aware of her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lucille. Lucille, my favorite Anthony Hamilton song is Lucille. One thing I wanted to ask you about. Uh, he's not going to let me finish my thought. That's Sorry. Okay. No, continue. Ask me the question. Well, I forgot. No, no, you no, didn't. No, no, because it's a whole thing. So. No, no, go, go. After you, kind sir. All right. No, finish your thought. It's There's no thought. All right. So, because I. I can't believe you took it. Because <laughs> I, I basically did it. I wanted to ask you, realistically, like hypothetically, you know, if you had the opportunity to kind of like remake or to not even spoof, because I didn't really spoof Boogie Nights, but I took parts of it comedically and added my own dramatic parts. But to take like an idea like that to remake a movie, do you think, would you have one that you would do that? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't know if there's anything I would want to remake. 
Like a kind of re-envision, if you will? No, not really. I would rather just do something new. Like, if they asked me to continue a franchise or something, I might do that, but I, right, w- I right. wouldn't want to, like, remake something. Right, yeah, I don't think I would ever remake anything again. I think I just needed that... Like I knew this. Movie I feel like so that well. was just like it was like a nice starting place for you because you starting yeah, place. It but it was you're like this is something I'm really passionate about. You obviously put a lot of I thought into the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I was uh, like, yeah, yeah. You really put a lot of thought into like the shots of this movie and everything. So it was probably a good place to start and the most logical place to start mm-hmm. for you to base your movie off of this movie because it isn't a remake of Boogie Nights. No, it's certain just scenes are really are heavily influenced by. Yeah. Also, this song playing right now is sampled by Trick Daddy, and everyone loves it because it's tri- "Take It to the House." Really? Slip and slide. You don't know "Take It to the House." Keep if I heard it, I'd probably know it. Yeah, you go slip and slide, take it to the house, and it's just those horns. You know those horns. Slip and slide, take it to the house. Slip and slide. Becky Barnett. Becky Barnett. She is a great actor, too. P.T. Anderson knows how to cast his movies. That's one thing. Nicole Ari Parker is a good actor. Everybody in this movie is a I good actor. I feel like she's just really good looking. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's probably not fair. I'm going to, I'm, you know what? I'm going to look up her credits. Yeah, look her up. Because everybody in this is, I mean, pretty accredited. Mark Wahlberg's had a career. It's funny that if you look her up on IMDb, which everyone should. Okay. Uh, cool. Her known for is Boogie, Boogie Nights. Nights. Absolutely. Remember the Titans. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's another movie I like. Gosling. Yes. And my cousin Ryan, who was on the podcast, met the guy who played Sunshine in a bar in Ireland, and it was funny. Nice. Because he was hitting. My cousin was talking to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was dating Sunshine at the time. <laughs> and I, do, I mean, it's fun to like pretend like she legitimately was hitting on my cousin. It's oh, fun like that, but I think she was just being nice. And yeah, then being Sunshine nice. was like, <laughs> and it's funny that I don't know his name. I legitimately don't know what his real name is. Was she in the original Soul Food? Well, she was on Cosby. That's for certain. Cosby, yeah. Blue Streak, nice with Martin. Martin, Martin. Oh boy, Ricky J. He's great. I remember recreating this scene too with Catherine. Dan's girlfriend. We all know her. Um, Who the hell is Lamb. Dan? Dan, I'm is joking. I'm joking. A good friend of mine, but <laughs> it was funny. I remember approaching people and being like, "Yeah, so you're gonna play a porn star." You had okay some like that. religious uh, fundamentalists, didn't you, in your cast, who were opposed to some of the content in Dream Harder? Dream Harder? No. Okay. Religious people? I just thought people that would be like, mm, I don't appreciate this. Yeah, I really feel like the whole thing is she's the mom and he's the dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, like, maybe people watching it would definitely, you know, if people didn't really watch Boogie Nights and they were like, oh, Ian, you made a movie? Oh, I'll watch it. They'd not. They wouldn't like it because there's rape and murder and drugs and Sounds like a real barn burner. That old old barn burner. I don't know. I, you know, I. Hold on. Hold on. She showed her boobs in this movie? Yeah. No chance. You just saw it. No chance. You can't rewind back, but suffice it to say, absolutely. Doing the montage, doing that photo shoot, too, that we did was a lot of fun. Interesting. I wish I remember, you know, never, ever doing a choreographed dance scene in my life. And while we didn't really choreograph a dance, I remember being like, I wish I could have a choreographed dance scene for my movie. 
Because how cool oh, would that be? Uh, back, that was back in the day when every movie had choreography. Of course, man. I remember going to Not see... Not just this movie. Louise Guzman killing it. Yeah. Heather Graham on roller skates doing it. Killing it. Like... I can't believe she did this on roller skates. I can't believe she just stayed on roller skates the whole time. Pretty much the entire movie. And apparently, outside of filming, she didn't take them off either. So she would come from the trailer to make up in the roller skates already. Oh, man. She's so dedicated. And I, <laughs> just I just think they'd be so fucking heavy to put on. I'd be like... Maybe that was more. Everyone's like, oh, she's so dedicated. She's like, I just don't want to have to deal with taking them off and putting them back on. fucking dying. Yeah, like yeah. when the air hits them, the blisters just like form instantly and not everywhere. Because everybody loves to nut. Not everyone. No, that's true. Doc is pretty much opposed to it. No, oh, she looks adorable right now, though. Fuck Doc. Crazy cat, though. He's the worst. Do you? So, well, not being an actor, I'm going to say the answer is no for you. You could probably never. Do you think you could ever work in the porn industry? No. In any capacity? No. You can ask all two of the girls who have let me have sex with them. There's no chance. There's no chance. Outside, okay, outside of a performer, then, in any <laughs> capacity in the porn industry. Why would I want to if I'm not a performer? I don't know, because you were a writer, a creator. A oh, I'm going to be like, oh, I can't wait to have my script read by these porn stars and have everyone skip through that stuff just to get to the porn. I Maybe. I don't know. What if no, you, no one cares. What if you were a director or you were a uh, cameraman? I'm not any of those things. So you would, there's no career in porn for you. I beg your pardon. There's no career in porn for you. Like not even like. like no, I'm certainly in the right Raja, country for it. You know, you have a nice voice. Yeah. Colin. Yeah. What's up? It's Daniel. I wouldn't use my real name. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. What would you be? Grant. It's Grant. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey um, guys, my name's Grant. What's happening tonight? Is there a party? No. <laughs> I would, hey, there is no room for me no? in that business. I can't perform. And I wouldn't want to write something that I know people don't care about. I think, you know, porn is... Going into it, you already know that the focus is not on the storyline. Right. And most people who know what they're doing are skipping through that till they see the visual markers of what they really right, want. Right, of what they want, right. Nobody watches the parody movies to see the... Although people really do. I There was a uh, AMA... Okay. Of a porn editor who was talking a lot about the parodies being a lot of work but also fun. Would like you want to be that. a part of that? Maybe make some parodies? No. Well, I don't want to remake a movie, so I certainly don't want to do a porn parody. What if they came to you and they were like, we are going to re- we're gonna do a, a black remake of Malcolm X with Lexington Steel. A black remake of it? What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like an overall darker tone. <laughs> is this is this your way of asking me to get on board with your black remake of Malcolm like X? Like a dark, point? yeah, with Lexington Steel. Sorry, I will be out. I will be not taking part in that Why? with you. I'm sorry. Come on. I want to see how you fare on your own. I really feel like you've got a vision here, and I'm really excited to see it's, the outcome. I mean, it's... Can't wait to hear about it on your podcast. Be like, hey, I'm working on this. It's going to be really fun. I and have then, Lexington on. And then see you and make a YouTube channel for it to, like, <laughs> you know, promote the... To promote it. <laughs> Every week, days from the set, we're like, guys, it's dark. It's gritty. Lexington's And then you here. get my friend Jake to play Malcolm X. No, Lexington Steele's playing Malcolm X. No, he isn't. He's playing Malcolm X's guy that sells him out and gets him shot <laughs> up. 
all these dramatic scenes, just have him doing that. You need to leave. Oh, oh you're making me angry. Oh, God. John C. Riley and Julianne Moore. The cast, too. This girl, too. Uh, her name, fuck, the blonde girl is. Isn't that Angela Lansbury? No. <laughs> no. Off to the cupboard with you, Chip. Um, <laughs> what was her name? She's brilliant, too. She's in Magnolia. She Beauty plays John C. Riley's girlfriend in Magnolia. Oh. He's like the cop. I I know who John C. Riley is in Magnolia. I don't know who she is. I feel like she's a singer or something. No, she's. If you are you looking her up? I'm looking up Magnolia. I can't remember her name. It's killing me right now. I guess both of these movies have ridiculously big casts. Yeah, huge ensemble. That's another thing too. You know, to be able to commandeer like not only a whole movie but multiple casts. Oh, Melora Waters. Melora Waters. There we go. Thank you. From Big Love. Yes, from Big. She kills it on Big Love too. Yeah, that's a well, pretty good show. Well. Killing it is, I mean, let's watch what we say there. Well, I'm just kidding. I I really like that. Lexington Steel kills at every performance he's been given. Well, if you you read, uh, I mean, if you listen to his interviews, yes, he does. He's very passionate. He'll he'll be the first to tell you. I love my job. Yeah. And he's like, every time, guaranteed, those are the, uh, (laughs) those are real orgasms. Oh, gee. Does he really say that? No, well, in one interview I read, I'm not read, I watched him on YouTube, oh, tripping. You think he actually tripped? I always wonder about stuff like that in movies. Like, did that actor really do that, or did he? is he so dedicated to his craft? He's like, my, my character yeah. would trip here. I would say, I don't know, like, knowing Mark Wahlberg and where he was, not that I know him, but knowing of his career and, like, hearing about him and his upbringing, at this point in his career, I don't think he'd be, like, a smart enough actor that would... Plus, why bother to plan stuff like that? And the cheese factor of this... Is so over the. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like they. So I feel like they just kept it in. No, I feel like they told him to trip. I feel like that's part of the thing. It's like a. It's funny that he messed up on that. Otherwise, it's such a short thing that you could have cut it, even if he made a mistake. I don't. I'm saying. I I don't think it was his idea. I think it was just already in the script. I would listen to the commentary on that part to see if he. You don't have to, baby. Just listen to this. Oh, because he knows. He knows. Well, then that's brand. I I would definitely make myself fall, not on purpose, trying to emulate that slip. You would fall. Oh, I would fall. Yeah, because I couldn't. You don't know that he didn't fall. It's a great chat right here. Keeps boring. I was. What was I listening to? Where they talked about that shot right there, and how they did it. It's I like think the Nerdist. Like I think the, no, don't ruin it. No, uh, no, it was. Um, oh, okay. It was you made it weird. They were talking about there was he had a magician on and he was like oh like people ruining the that shot from Boogie Nights where he's pouring the champagne and it and like takes his hand off, and they didn't ruin it there and you just ruined it here. So let's hope that people start listening to this podcast. Well, I also got Mark. Uh, Mark the Dirk Diggler character here is got showing all his art now, and he got these portraits painted of him from Roller Girl. And you, I also you had, had an action figure made of you. No, well, I did when I was a wrestler, but for Dream Carter <laughs> specifically, I had a, a commissioned a painting, an Andy Warhol style pop art. You commissioned Lance Jarmingson, yeah, I commissioned it out to somebody. And uh, Paul, who was recently on the podcast, has a painting of himself as a much more buff man that he <laughs> really? used to have on his mantle, and it was great. Everyone I, thought I like it. Was it. I, I, w- I honestly wish I could put it up. 
I haven't. Uh, yeah, I should. I would not want a mirror. Not on top of on your the bed. Ceiling. I. That's a big thing, you know. This is a sexual podcast. It's, it's really, so it's, different. it's really saying something if you put the mirror. I don't know. I shield. don't have an in- interest. I'm always alone in my bed, so there's. I would just be looking up at myself, oh, crying. Outside of that, yeah, and it's like the <laughs> horrifying moments outside of the sexual moments. Having a mirror above your bed when you like wake up, and you know, <gasps> you put your coat I'm on flying. the wrong, or anything, you know, and. It, you see, like, that reflection, and your coat's balled up on the side of the bed weird, and so it looks like somebody's lying there, and there's a hand grabbing you. And you oh, for me, that would be horrible. You have a girlfriend, coat. so you just like, oh, is that you? But for me, I'm just like, someone's here? Somebody's here? <laughs> oh. And then the increased disappointment when it, when it turns out it was just, uh-huh. just like, the oh, fucking jacket! <laughs> Not again! Come on! <laughs> I love these fake porn scenes that they... That was so much fun. You had a good time, eh? To shoot the fake porn scenes because... Nunchakus. It was like doing YouTube videos. You had like an, uh, an open... Doing, oh, wait. Did, did, yeah, Dream Harder came out after YouTube because you put the trailer on. I put the trailer on, but that was another one of the only reasons why I had a YouTube channel. I never looked at it yeah. as a source of... Funnily enough, the only reason I have a YouTube channel was to put up filmmakers. Filmmakers, because that was an easy way to... Absolutely. And it's been bumping ever since. Yeah, I... Like f- a video a week. I think about... Well, I think about... If I had, like, bought into YouTube more and stayed consistent at that point, where I would be now, you know? On this couch talking about your YouTube channel. Well, maybe I'd be making, like, full-time job from it or nothing. I still have, like, 50 subscribers. And I'm like, yeah, I do a video a week. And, um, you know, they're pretty high. I talk about all my opinions. I've and like lost subscribers. I don't even know how that's possible. Why would people bother unsubscribing? Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. So is that your living? It's like, no, like... I work at Five Guys. Which is, um, can I, I know you work there. Can I ask that you guys stop doing that thing where uh, you say, do you want a little burger, but that's just the regular burger? Well, that's the. Really, it really, uh, okay. it really, that's Lexington Steel. It's oh, really. Yeah, why couldn't he play Lexington Steel? What the fuck? It's really uh, emasculating having the person be like, do time. you want a little yeah, burger? That's of the times, man. Because we've got to upsize the sizes. Tim Hortons does it. Starbucks does it now. You're smalls, you're large. You know, and your fucking large no, is Tim Slurpee Cup. Yeah, but Tim Hortons, their regular is still smaller than Five Guys. Regular. Well, this is Five Guys. You know how many pop <laughs> burger shops are coming up every way? You know, we got to stand out. So we come You're in. acting like you like actually created Five Guys instead of just no, worked there I just there worked from there and I feel passionate seven. about it. You know, they're doing my YouTube channel for seven years now. has really, you know, a video a week. You know, I feel like it's, it's made me Most more Most of confident. your videos are just you making burgers and no one likes them. I like them. Okay, on a gr- I do it on a grill. I do it on a pan. So you get different cooking styles and techniques, and you get my personality, which is utmost the most important thing. I made a joke that this guy is Lexington Steel, but I feel like I actually know who that is. Who is that guy? I'm not gonna look it up. This guy, I never guy remember what his name is because it's so close to the guy who played Doctor Connors in uh, the original Spider-Man trilogy. No, Dylan Baker. That's Dylan Baker. So he's Philip. He's Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I knew they had a one name in common, Baker. Uh, he's a fucking great actor too, man. Killer Magnolia as well was the game show host. And Sydney. And Sydney too. Oh yeah, which Hard is what a great. If point. you're nasty, yeah. Which he has his would new be, crop. If you board. were nasty, you'd always go hard at because you'd be like, "It's like a dick. It's like a dick." <laughs> right, because the eight turned sideways is like the two balls. Or infinity. Or infinity, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which really undercuts the hard eight. 
I don't know. But anyways, back to my YouTube pretty good looking. fantasy. So she's in this porn. No, I'm going to come back to your YouTube. Okay. Don't worry. Oh, okay, we're coming she's back. in this porn movie, and then she's in Don John, which is also a porn movie. Does Julianne Moore like porn? Well, she said she did You've this movie. You've got some be- lovely juice coming off your chin, my friend. Ooh. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, he can't. He's got to be Rick James right now, and all he wants to do is be... <laughs> I forgot about that scene. He just wants to be oh, white. Oh, damn. Rick James. He's dressed like Rick James. Okay, go back to your YouTube fantasy, please. Mm. She's eating some citrus. Tom Jane in the house. Now, this was some of the funnest casting and planning to shoot when I did Dream Harder. The whole, if you watched Boogie Nights and you know who Tom Jane, the character he plays, and like... Tom Jane from I Arrested was Development. From, yeah, he's on, he was on... I know, that's why I said it. Or The Mist. Nope. Punisher fame. Ah. Or what was that show? I liked his Punisher. Hung? That was a stupid show. I really liked The Punisher. Mm-hmm. I probably won't rewatch it because I don't care to like actually Watch stick the, up for it. The, like the short film they did. No. I just liked it. I saw it when I saw the first one, I was like, this is fine. It's not like it's a great movie, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed his torture stuff. I I oh this guy, Michael Jace. What else is he in? What else? The Shield. That's where I know him mm. from. He's a big dumb and not not because he's gay in the show, but because they didn't use that to get anything across really. They kinda like stalled with it. And he just came off as a dumb character. This is independent of him being gay. Yeah, he's a main character on The Shield. Five seasons? There's seven seasons, bro. Seven seasons? Damn. What was his name on The Shield? Almost said The Wire. That is a much better show. show, Michael Jace was Julian Lowe. Julian Lowe. And Tomas. Tomas. I love generational movies as well. You what? Like I know that's I don't know if that's like been a so long. So you like Place Beyond the Pines? Oh yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Mm. Another great yeah. Movie Spoiler like alert! <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's it's a fucking great movie. You know they have some people like Wolf Wall Street, for example, is uh, the probably the the most current example. Of you mean period piece? A three three hour plus movie. Oh what? Where um. It's like it's bold, but if you have this, if everything clicks just right, like Wolf of Wall Street clicked for me. Yeah, and so the three hours came and went, and I remember I you talking about more, this. You know, yeah, and the same with like this movie and Magnolia. Now they're a little bit slower paced than um, Magnolia. Didn't seem like three hours, but it, it is part of the reason I haven't rewatched it because I'm now aware of how long it is. Yeah. I'm it's like, just so enthralling. The but I enjoyed it. When I was watching it, I was like, I didn't care. I watched it sitting up. I rarely do that. I was sitting up at my desk in the university, and I was watching Magnolia, yeah. and I didn't have a problem with it. It's another, like, n- not that I, so like, many I don't freckles, create. Though. Oh, yeah. You don't like that? What am I, Tyler the Creator? That's another inside joke you'll never understand. <laughs> no, I know he got arrested for yeah, he's back to out. But that's part of the problem with this like Twitter age of news. Things like that happen. Like if this was like the nineties, you would have never known. Never known. He about like got that. arrested, but then probably got released like three hours later. Exactly. And even when I read that, I was like, yeah, he's performing. That's the type yeah. of artist he is. It's- why inciting a riot news, or whatever you know? well what's like a riot he was probably just like let's fucking well his song around. is kill people fuck school burn shit or something like that or burn there people. you go well there you go which Hannibal know, man, Burris I... has a great joke about 
Hannibal. He just I just downloaded his Joe Rogan podcast. Episode, so we'll see what so there was like ten people on it, and it lasted for four hours. Oh, yeah, it was like three hours almost. Three hey, my Um, sorry. It's like almost three hours long, so you're you're fucking on the number with that. Yeah, it's too long. Sniffing that fake coke. Another thing. Do you know for sure of. it's fake, or did they just tell you it was fake? I, mm, I'm gonna assume it's probably fake. Mark Wahlberg wouldn't do real coke on screen. But off screen, you think he'd blow? Not now. He's candy? a born again Christian, bro. What? I'm glad that he's keeping the swearing, but yeah, he is a born again Christian now. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, around the time Contraband came out, that good? they just added it to Netflix. Have you I, seen it? I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? Well, it's called Contraband, and Mark Wahlberg's the biggest star by far in it. So you take from that what you need to. Is it like it's, a Jason Statham action vehicle? Yeah, but without a like cocky British guy. A cocky British guy. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Um, yeah, no cocky from Cockney parts of England uh, British guy. Jason just, Statham. Just, uh, Is it good? He, I feel like American. movies like that come out, like these action movies with these big stars, but they, they're not marketed at all. And you're like, okay, fuck, whatever. So-and-so's in it. And it's just terrible. Mark or Wahlberg is awesome. a very consistent guy. If you like Mark Wahlberg, you will like Contra Man. He's that type of Can guy. Like, I feel like the only five of your Mark Wahlberg, you know, hits for you. The Departed. Yep. Uh, what's that one in the minis? The Italian Job. Yep. Ooh. I'm not trying to like put you on the spot. I'm just. I, I also what's like that. Mark I mean, I. I what else is he? Oh, I like Ted. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, two guns. That's a good one. Is that good? Oh yeah, you. Were I really. Like I still got to. Yeah, I still got to see it with Denzel, right? None of your business who's in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is good. But I feel like this is him like trying things out. I, oh, the fighter. I can't believe I didn't say that earlier. Right. The fighter is great. Um, but yeah, I feel like. Any movie you think I should like that I didn't mention, just know that I probably liked Mark Wahlberg in it, but probably didn't care for the movie overall. So, like, Pain and Gain is a movie where I'm like, eh. Yeah, I watched that recently. I like him in it. He he brought the The he Rock brought was the pain. funny in some stuff, but I was like, yeah, I don't Like, know. and Contraband is also something I'm not going to bring up, but it was it's a fine movie. Like, it's fine for what it is. Oh, yeah, The Other Guys. That was a good one. Yeah, The Other Guys was great. And he is actually really funny in Date Night, even though that movie overall is shit. I don't remember the name. Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Uh, is he in Date Night? Yeah. He's, uh, he's uh, Mila Kunis's, like boyfriend. No, wait. No, Mila Kunis and James Franco are boyfriend and girlfriend in that. And uh, Tina Fey works with Mark Wahlberg. And the joke is he never has a shirt on or something. Like oh, that. okay. Of course. Oh, fuck. Did not like Max Payne or The Happening. Luckily, nope. they happen in the same year. And so good. I can just dismiss just 2008. that year right off. Yeah. But I don't need it. Oh, fuck. Shooter was good. Shooter was great. That's what I was trying to remember. Thank you. Yeah. There was one I was like, yeah, Shooter was a fun movie. I did like Four Brothers. He did. That's fun, yeah. I Heart Huckabees was good. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did like Planet of the Apes. I didn't understand why everyone I did hated like it. I did like Planet of the Apes. But this classic scene right here with Scotty J, your boy Phil Hoffman. This scene gets a lot of uh, attention specifically because it caused the most um, – well, there's the kiss. It causes the most friction when it comes to when they were going to try to screen the movie. 
the sex wasn't a huge deal for the MPAA and things the like homophobia. the violence. But it was, no, it was how many fucks he says after this interaction. Weird. Which they had, they were what like, that? well. Like a, so that's like a European thing then. Cause the, yeah. No, wait, they don't, they care more about violence than the nudity and the, and the swearing. I feel like. Oh, he's great, and he kissed him too. I'm just really drunk. I'm just really drunk. This scene has that ever happened to you, where you like go to kiss a girl, and she's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, no. Um, but I have had like a similar instance happen where it's like you go to like not kiss, but hug kind of somebody, and they're just like, "Whoa!" Not like just like a random hug, like no, you went, you wouldn't like, for the like, like, and they're like, after no, I hug you, no, I'm gonna lick your no. neck. And I've also been in a situation where I've had a guy kiss me, and I've tried it, and he had his lips on my mouth, and I was like, "Whoa, not, uh, not there." In Hamilton Scotty on Hess Street, mm-hmm. um, a guy tried to dance with me, and I was just like, "No, that's fine." Yeah, that's but I've fine. never had uh, a guy try to kiss, or unless it's like one of my friends who thinks it's funny. Yeah, so I get it because we're guys, but I'm kissing you. <laughs> I had that, and it was, um, and let's just count it right here. Oh, so there's one for you, idiot. Figure idiot. Well, that's two. Here's the problem. I'm not going to just sit here and watch this. I'm going to talk over it. Figure idiot. <laughs> Would it, did, so when you went for that hug and it was kind of rebuffed, did you have a moment like this later? Or no. Were you, like, I, oh, whatever, you know, it didn't really bother me. I was just like, oh. I'd okay. like to say it's never happened to me. But if I say it, then it'll make me sound like I'm a braggart. I think if I if it was like a kiss, I went in for a kiss, and they were like, "What are you doing?" I'd have been like, I really would have thought bad about that. Like I would have been. Like, I had a girl MSN me after the fact and be like, "Why the hell didn't you try what anything?" You said, girl, what? None of your business. And MSN you? What? Messenger? MSN Messenger you? Nope. What, uh, what, what did you say? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you, What are your thoughts on Jennifer Lawrence? I, <laughs> I don't care. You mean? Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, here's a serious. Very talented, beautiful girl. Question. But you know, I hate how media portrays these new up and coming it girl starlets. You know, I, you know, I don't. I don't care. I don't give a fuck about that attention. If I saw Jennifer Lawrence on the street, I wouldn't scream in my pants because she was in fucking Hunger Games and Holy Christ. You know, I'd, I'd be like, Hey, you're great in Winter. Is Bowling. she in a movie called Holy Christ? I not called Holy. No. Here's the thing. I find Winterbone to be her least engaging film. Okay. I don't get what everyone is so happy about. I liked it. I know. Old John Vugging Hawks. Yeah, he's another guy that seems to be able to do no wrong. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, comes out of just, nowhere. It doesn't really matter what he does. There's People like, oh my god, like, oh, did you see great. John Hawks in it? Number three. For our good boy, William H. Macy, just to bring it back. Jennifer Lawrence is also one of those people. I just find her uh, off-camera, as in, like, interview stuff, very entertaining as well. So I let it slide. She's trying. She's either trying really hard or she just genuinely... uh, I'd be fine if she was trying really hard at it it, because it comes off as effortless and that's all that matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. Her delivery of the... 
anti-Hollywood kind of or I don't need any of that bullshit I just like the moments where it Hollywood. seems like she's being real like if she trips or something like yeah, yeah not yeah. that uh, but like her comments on uh, it and like her if she comments on it or like interviews like that time where they're like oh like I'm a bad whistler she's like wait how'd you find out I was a bad whistler and they had that whole little confusing thing with it like stuff like that is funny I don't really care about her I'm not gonna lose weight for a role I'm like no, you, well okay you will sometimes blatant <laughs> uh, yeah the blatant Hollywood nonsense where she does just seem kind of like I'm only here because I'm like really talented. I don't like, that she doesn't fit in. You know, we because we as people who aren't part of Hollywood or part of that lifestyle can like speak that for yourself, true bro. for us a little bit. Well, I know you got your <laughs> many TV shows and your, yeah. your what is it six picture deal with Lexington and Steel? No, stop trying to put me in porn. I have he's I'm mainstream now. Executive bro. producer and showrunner of Real Husbands of Hollywood. I'd appreciate it if you would stop making Why jokes about it. Don't you have Lexington Steel in a cameo role? Because Kevin and I talked about it and we agree. There's no need. Good. I'm I shouldn't have said that. But it is this is gonna Love be the that start. Bit. This is gonna be the start of like just everyone's the downfall. downfall. Yeah. William AC just shot his wife and the dude she was fucking. And then his somber face as he walks in, smiles, yeah. boom. <laughs> ridiculous cuts to the 80s title card Br- brilliant filmmaking great effects and you're right it there's that g- iconic event that starts the like cataclysmic breakdown even the scene that follows right now the documentary of him but how arrogant and in his own world he is now which was a spark cry from the young dishwasher at the beginning yeah you know and uh simple story stuff you know character but i love it it's done so well in this world and Oh, by the way, what are your top five uh, Mark Wahlberg movies? I don't, I don't really have like a top five. I think you hit a lot of them. With Just name five movies that you like by him. Then. Max Payne, The Happening, <laughs> Big Hit. Oh boy, that's <laughs> that is good memory retention. Like um, you can't no, hold thought, your bladder, but thought, you can really hold some memories of things it. that. Have... <laughs> Look, there's your kid again too. He's licking it. Oh my. Oh, um, God. I thought. Basketball Diaries was pretty cool when I saw it. Never saw it. I remember renting Fear. Just to go chronologically. I remember renting Fear, and I don't like the movie now. I watched it again, and I was like, I don't really love the movie, but you know, just like how wild he was and like, carving like her name, like tattooing his name on him, and like and when the dog's head came through, fingering her on the roller coaster. And again, at that age, I was like, Whoa, this movie is wild. <laughs> um, but that's not a Mark Wahlberg vehicle. It was just the movie and the yeah. filmmaker. Um, but other guys definitely is a huge one. Ted was great. Um, uh, the big hit when I saw it in theaters, I was like, "This is so cool!" The nice criminal. Oh, yeah. I was like, "Yo, that's so sick!" Like how Adam Sandler was the nice guy in The Water Boy, and then when he got angry, he got powerful. But I was like, "You need to be." I, I, I really this- did not like Water Boy when I saw it in theaters, and then when I saw it on like City TV, I was like, "What was I thinking? This is ah, fun. I like this." Yeah, I had a picture I printed off the internet of The Water Boy, and I wrote "Be nice" on it in Sharpie marker. To always look at that and be like, yeah, he was so nice. And and I also would use Mark Wahlberg from The Big Hit as a reference when it's like, you can be cool and and nice, like, but you just gotta be nice and like a nice person and like be like polite and coy and don't be. And while well, obviously I don't like play that character as much as I did when I was younger, the the earnestness I That's think how you got all the girls, the girls. How do I got like the girl basically? Oh, the girl. Good for you. You stand up for your girlhood. Oh, I'm just—I haven't had a ton of relationships too. Oh, you know? don't ruin it. I admit, you, well, I'm I under two dozen, and I know that's like super low number for guys. You know, like I'm just saying, I—it th- was nice when what you said is the, when you said the girl. It made it seem like the only girl that matters. 
and it was a really nice sentiment, and you ruined it. That's how being, I feel day to day, motherfucker. By being what's her face, Anna Ferris in What's Your Number? No, I need that. Like that's another girl that just kept working, but sure did a lot of shit movies. Yeah, you're acting like she's ever done a good movie. Uh, well, uh, she's done movies I enjoy, but I don't, I don't know if she's, she's ever done good a good in, movie. In Observe and Report. That was the downfall of her. Hey. I was like, oh, you're, you are deplorable. Really? <laughs> Not bad actor. I was just like, oh, I don't like this. Hate your character, I, yeah. I don't like this at all. He was he was pretty nice in that movie, too. Those nice guy characters, anyways. That's what I like, kind of. No, his girl, the girl who ends up being his girlfriend was a nice one. When he, right, yeah, yeah, the girl that worked at the... Yeah, he wasn't really Food nice so girl. much as, like, focused and didn't have time to be, like, go out of his way to be mean to people. Right. I like that movie a lot. It's a good movie. But Mark Wahlberg It's a great you... Mark Wahlberg movie. Thank you for your answer of five Mark Wahlbergs. Yep. I gave you a bunch of them. He's great in this, too, of course. We're watching yeah, it. Yeah, what I love yeah. in this. Don't like him in... Uh, Transformers? No. Um, the Planet of the Apes. Although I don't feel like that's his problem. I just really just don't like that movie in general. Do you? Okay, this is serious. But do yeah. you not like him in that movie? No. Nope, you just nope, don't like the movie? I just didn't like the movie. Okay. No, that's like he his performance is the same as Estelle Warren's performance in that movie. It just, well, now Michael that is Clark somebody Duncan's who has just, you know? just fucking fallen off. R.I.P. Uh, yeah, Clark like Duncan. I have no... Well, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, well, he fucking ruined the movie. No, just overall, and saying that, and we've talked about it, I'm not actually a fan of Planet of the Apes. Did not know that. In general. I mean, they're... You must have been talking to... Uh, somebody else. Elf. I must have been talking about it. <laughs> and, it, yeah, I'm just not a big Planet of the Apes fan. So the remake, I saw it at the drive-in. That's because it was Ooh, probably paired with, with the girl. something else. Or a no, girl. No, that movie came... When that movie came out? 1990. Nine. Nine. Let's find out right so now. So I was. No, I don't even know if it was the nineties. Just like me, bro. I think it's in ninety-eight, ninety-nine. No, one more guess. I already told you it's not the nineties. So it's two thousand one. Two thousand one. Damn. Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, not a. I don't know. I just was like, yeah, I don't know. Tim Burton, yeah. So you, so are you, this isn't even what I thought. I thought you were going to be like, oh, it's not like the original. You just don't care. No, I'm just not a big fan it at all. It doesn't yeah, move you care. one way or the other. This great re- recreation, too. Yeah, you did a good job with that, that great too. Great one the first time. I, I really want to keep talking about how good it is, but I know that it would piss me off if I was like listening to this podcast and then tried to look it up and couldn't find it. So all, all it would just be like. No, it's not available. So people are listening. Eventually. Like, there's a bunch of things, right? Like, I use tons of licensed music in it. So, if I were to kind of release it, th- that would have to change. But it's like, I don't have even... have to be like freaks and geeks. We just, like, wait and wait and wait and build up the money to just pay for it all. Yeah. And I'd also... N- now, the experience that I accumulated and my abilities, I would probably edit about 40 minutes out of it. I wouldn't edit anything. Just release it as is. Release it as two hours and 57 minutes. Oh, I thought story. it was closer to three hours than that. No, it's two fifty-seven forty-six. Oh boy! With full credits, but I can't. You and know, I'm like, I, I, it's just I didn't know, and like I would have wish I would have got more coverage, and I would actually take the same camera that I used and shoot like insert shots and that to like help speed up the editing. Um, but you know, like the five-minute monologue, I'd keep most of that intact, and you know, stuff with my mom, most of that I would keep keep intact. There's just a lot of, like, running scenes. But this, when we filmed this scene, where 
Burt Reynolds is talking to the Burt Reynolds character is talking to the colonel, his like basically other executive the producer, the conquistador's role, and he's in jail because he was caught with fucking underage girls. Can't do it. He couldn't do it. They're so small. And they're That's so little. Fucking wa- great scene. And he's just like, fuck, you arrested. Our whole business is getting thrown right now. And we shot uh, opposite this in my grandpa's attic where I lived for a while while my life was in turmoil. And my brother, who's a graphic designer, Let's had just skip over that. A <laughs> my brother's a graphic designer, had a light table, which basically is a table that lights up from the bottom so you can sketch stuff out. And we were like, how are we going to shoot this scene to show them on either side of like the glass at a uh, visitor's area at a, at a jail, you know? And then what we so we had somebody off camera literally hold up the piece of glass from the glass table, and we shot this back and forth scene. So why am I telling this boring story about filmmaking? Well, because at that point, for this totally uh, comedic, jokey porn sexual thing that had always been in like more jokey sexual guy and dirty humor, and the movie was about porn sound, which was a joke about Lexington Steel and all these inside jokes about fucking in porn and hardy har har. This was the first time I ever sat back and watched footage, and I was like, "Fuck the the comedy and the well, porn stuff." I was like, to me, I was like, "Wow, this is I'm filming like a story, <laughs> like, and it looked so good even in camera with that table and like the people, the performers in it were so good." And the performances were just what I wanted. And then when I edited it, cutting back and forth, and I put a low drone sound underneath it, and I was like, wow, as like a filmmaker, I've fucking never done anything like this. And that was like a landmark for me with like a little victory that was like, keep going because. Because you did it. I feel like you you accomplished. Yeah, I feel like. You accomplished something that won't play for laughs. Absolutely. And it was like totally justified. and, And I was like, so it's not just this comedy remake. There's. Totally dramatic scenes that have nothing to do with Boogie Nights that yeah. I re-envisioned and just use their story as a framework. Yeah, absolutely. And like I was very conscious, as you talked about before, about like the the downfall of the second half where the characters it does nothing really works out for anybody and it gets fucking bleak at the end of Requiem for a Dream where it's just totally yeah, bleak. That movie's just bleak the whole time. Yeah. It's a movie I will never rewatch. Really? Oh fuck, I love it. Yeah, I can't believe you watch it to go to sleep. Yep. That was awesome. Crazy. I couldn't help it, man. I was just like, fuck, I'm feeling it. Noah's out. I was thinking about it. I watched The Wrestle a little while ago, and I was like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah. You know I don't associate Noah with being a Darren Aronofsky film because it looks so stupid. I don't know. So I, I I heard some... Everything I've read about it was pretty positive. Not that, again, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm but also that would for... Be like, no one wants to be like the first person to like shit on a David O. Russell movie either. Well, you know, I didn't really like American Hustle. Yeah, but you don't really have like a voice like that in terms of like oh, people yeah, aren't not. like going to your website to see what you thought. Of no, no, no. no. Well, you as somebody, yeah. So that's a thing for you as somebody who is a, a very active. Um, you're a a blogger and you're like online opinion and you're consistent with it, which is the most important thing. Do you feel like as someone who people may view your opinion a little stronger than somebody who doesn't have a blog or something? No. You don't want to be like that slanderous. No, I'm saying I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> no, I I don't I don't think I'm at that level. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't know that anyone reads that blog who doesn't already know me. Well, there's I don't know. I think you're undermining you know, your success at that point of what people know and read about you and I I honestly feel like no one Come really on, man. Don't be such a Debbie down. I'm what not being, Babs? I'm being a little r- r- Ricky realistic. Babs, Babs, Babs. 
I know who you're talking about, but I don't know that she reads the blog. Well, That's not true. She started following you, the blog earlier. Absolutely, and you never knew who year. she was. No, I didn't. She just found you, liked your work. Well, she found the book. Absolutely. And we'll never talk about how she did that. Well, it's neither here nor there. She found the book, and... <laughs> You know, that's what the fuck. Like, we don't got to get into the specifics about it. I'm just kidding. I think she's like tactics friend. He did some promotion for me. That's great, too. Yeah. A little, a little word of mouth. Absolutely. And she was probably like, yeah. I loved it. She gave it a great a, a, a five-star review. That is a fact. I think it's a fantastic fact about it. I also like, too, roles like this where actors get, you get to play, you know, very different, specific Moments states yeah. of your character, you know, from like the nice, kind beginning character to this like experienced, cocky. This is really where the meat is as the character. <laughs> He's just full of puns. Uh, what do you think about masturbating scenes in media, movies, and things like that? Never will be done better than in Black Swan. Okay, in the bed, not the bathtub one. That oh. was disgusting. Oh. But then when she woke up and her mom was in the room, I guess that was also kind of weird. Yeah. That scene when she's but when she did in the bed, I was like, I was like, oh my! And then mom appears and yeah, I was like, wait, fuck. do girls do that? That is nice. Uh, I watched uh, Blue is the warmest color. I will never watch that. Looks pretty graphic. That girl is getting a there. lot of work. She was she's in. Fantastic. She's in the Grand Budapest Hotel. She's in like. It's I'm pretty sure Hannah. I don't know. It's but a pretty. Good I movie. saw her in Inglorious Bastards first and thought, oh no, I'm thinking I. Not okay. Sorry, she's in Grand Budapest Hotel. I don't think she's in Hannah. She's in um, Mission Impossible Four. Mm. I think Jeremy Renner like kicks her out a window, or Paula Patton oh, does, cool. or something. She yeah, it's uh, it was good, man. I liked it. I mean, these sounds scene, like the name. The of sex the song. scenes were pretty explicit, but mm. I don't know. I f- it's but there's a pretty wild masturbating scene in there, which I. So you're saying that I should watch that before I crown Black Swan? Yes. The, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't really show nudity in Black Swan, but it's peppered all. Don't throughout. need them to. Don't need them to. It was just as titillating as ever without the nudity. <laughs> I also liked filming this scene when we did Dream Harder, the fight scene. This is my sound. Because, uh, yeah, because there was people like we shot it in a residential neighborhood in a backyard of with a big pool, but. They had neighbors, and like I was swearing so much, especially in these scenes where like I'm fighting with the director, and he pushes me, and I was like coked up, and and we had people like yelling, being like, because I was swearing, I was saying the f word every other word too, it was all improvised. Are you crazy, bro? And people, yeah, the neighbors after we filmed, like the one guy was just clapping on the one side, <laughs> and then the other people were like, "Watch your mouth! What are you saying?" And I was like, "Sorry, we're filming. Sorry." They probably had no contact. He's like, "What the fuck?" Just one thing to say, the girl that we're talking about from. Blue mm-hmm. is the warmest color is Leah Seydoux. Okay, yeah. Just wanted to put that. Midnight in Paris, that's another one. Damn, really, eh? Maybe that's what I was thinking of. For sh- I know for sure this is in Grand Budapest Hotel, but I think when I said uh, Hannah, I meant Midnight in Paris. She's great. She this sells some of the records. I watch, think she watch it, watch it. Never. Why, why? Never. Why? It's on, no, you got American Netflix, though. It's probably on American Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not watching it. Why do you want to watch it, though? You don't like lesbians? If... Uh, let me contextualize this answer. Okay, I don't care either way what people's sexual preference is. Of course, my uh, as a as a form of being turned on. No, that doesn't do it for me. I, okay. It just it seems like a situation where I'm not needed mm-hmm. and therefore cannot engage. 
in the the fun of it all. It kind of just seems like, well, they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> uh, so that is my answer to your question. You don't like lesbian. If it is for arousal purposes, right. no, it does no not dice. do it for yeah. me. Uh, but also, if it's not readily available for me, then no, I'm not watching it. I'm not right. gonna, like, I mean, the time it takes to go to certain sites and download it or and wait stream, for it. stream, whatever, yeah, yeah. Ooh, no, thank you. If it was on Netflix, I might do it. But I'm a busy guy. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't think it's on the Canadian one. It's also also uh, it's also also it's also uh, a three hour movie. I can just learn how to edit people. I'm just kidding. I don't care about long movies. What do you think about Nymphomaniac? Are you interested in seeing no, that at I all? I'm not interested. No in interest. That. I'm the trailer mildly really interesting, but I'm I don't know. You saw Antichrist? No, I, don't, I haven't seen any of his movies. movies. No. Dancer in the Dark? No. Oh fuck. I haven't seen Melancholia? any of his movies. You can keep naming them, and I'll keep saying I've never seen a Lars von Trier movie. No, eh? So the composer of this movie, um, and his name is totally escaping me now. He did Magnolia as well. John Bryan. Um, Let's find out if you're right. You can keep talking. I, I just think he out. And he did Eternal Sunshine as well, I believe. Those are all movies I enjoy watching. Yeah, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um, but his, yeah, his got a great score in the song. Or in this movie that I'm really proud of. Oh, that's him in the scene. Is that what you said already? In the scene, yeah. What do you think his name is? What? Well, what did you just say? John Bryan. Mm, No, his name is Michael Penn. Oh yeah, Michael Penn. That's right, his name. But John didn't John Bryan do some music for this? Yeah, Michael Penn, who composed also composed stuff for the Shield. So that's probably how he got old. Yeah, uh, that's right, Juliet. Uh, looking at this now, Boogie Nights, Heart Eight, Sunshine Cleaning, is that what you meant? Or did you really mean Eternal Sunshine? Jerry Maguire, Girls. Hmm. I feel like these are just songs that he might be in. That just like, contributes to those no, projects? Yeah. Oh, he's a performer. Who's this? Michael Penn? Yeah. Look up John Bryan, though. Funnily enough, th- those are the names of my two uncles, John and Brian. Oh, really? How do they spell them? J-O- it's J-O-N, too. Mm, nope. Feel the heat. John Brian. John Who Brian. looks like Michael Penn. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. First one there. Step Brothers, Magnolia. Magnolia. He did, he did do something for Boogie yeah, Nights. He did stuff for Boogie Nights, too. Okay, good, yeah. Great Gatsby, Girls. So this guy just follows around Michael Penn. They just go back, <laughs> back, yeah, back and forth between the two. I was like, I, I have the soundtrack, and then here's the scene too we were talking about earlier, where she affirms what you had been thinking through, which I think was a theme my dad had mentioned because we talked about themes when we watched movies. Was he said something like they were her parents, but not her literal parents because yeah. they're not even a real couple. It's like Little Wayne and Baby. Which is a very <laughs> weird situation because they both have kids' names. Yeah. But Baby is Lil Wayne's dad. Like, not real dad, but his dad. But his, yeah. For all intents and purposes. Wild. Picks him up from school. Kisses on the lips. Dad. Are they still together? That's Yeah, nice. they're married. No, I know. But you know how these Hollywood things happen. What? Having? Like, married for like a couple weeks. Right. And then I mean, the- look at Gwyneth Paltrow and what's-his-face. They couldn't even last... How long were they together, though? That's, that seems like a long time. Those well, are big boobs. How? Yeah, those are some big boobs right there. Uh, how many? Their kids? How old are their kids? Who cares? Six? I don't know. Seven and nine or something? Or six and four? 
Oh shit. Shooting on video cassette now. Lord. Like this movie is so smart and there's so many like stylistic segments to it that again, using this as your inspiration for a movie, there's so many different styles you get to make. Short films in a film and yeah. little inserts and and of course this this whole segment coming in here which build to easily one of the funnest oh, little, uh, scenes what's that guy's name again don't tell me don't tell me his real name dr octopus uh, i know it's an a i don't i don't the whip. just just say it just Throw say me the whip and i'll give you the idol from that. indiana Jones. alfred molina that's the one Filming that whole sequence, which again, in you know, a lot of film uh, blogs and sites and in some books as well, cite that as like one of the greatest scenes from a movie. Throw me the whip. And, uh, no, oh, the, uh, the the scene from the Boogie Nights when they the go to get scene. the coke deal. And so I had very big hopes for that scene when I went to recreate it with no budget, and I cast it very specifically with um, a good friend of mine, a good actor. He did a podcast on my podcast. Goes by the name Vincent Raymond. Oh man, I remember him. Hey, I didn't remember his last name. I only the only reason <laughs> I remembered Vincent is because of uh, I think of Vinny from Entourage. Oh man, he's credited differently in Dream Harder as well. He goes by many aliases. He'll make he'll be popping up in Kyle Meets Ken as well. Which what's that? Uh, you don't talk about that on here. Just kidding. Okay. I have never talked about it on here. Oh. Wait, I don't know. Have I? I don't maybe, know. maybe you mentioned it, but the project that me and you are, are uh, currently writing and moving into a production stage and my Alfred Molina actor, Vincent, Vincent. <laughs> destroyed uh, the the scene, really making it memorable. I should release that scene specifically. You should just release some stuff before this podcast comes out. That way people can like have a concept of what's going on. I mean, the trailer will go up. Yeah. But I feel like you might watch it and be like, well, this looks like shit. This is so amateurish. Sure. But know that it comes from a three-hour movie that's just chock full of boring scenes <laughs> after exciting scenes after... Are there scenes you think are boring? Oh, yeah. Why did you put them in then? Because at the time, I was just like, this is my... How I feel about it. Mm. I just look back at it now, and I guess the editor in me is like, oh, that could be shortened. That could be tightened. Yeah, but there's nothing covered. in there that you're like, oh, I just put that in there because it had to be there. No, never. Like, nothing in there yeah. I just put in. I mean, hindsight is 2020, as they say. I don't think I've ever done that with any project where I've just put something in because I needed to put something in. Well, this is different because this was like maybe you felt like, oh, I need to have this part represented from Boogie Nights. And so in that case, right, you weren't doing right. something completely for yourself. You were like... Keeping it on the same. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Montages too. What do you think about montage scenes, specifically in films, where it's... They can be cool. I don't know. I don't really think about them. I, I kind of... I mean, it really depends on the song, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. If it's a good song, I'm down. What if it's like this? Just like um, a mixed cut of different scenes in progress. Because the song, you're not even really listening to the song, but it's like blending this use of you know what movie did it excellent was green hornet when every time someone adds um like tell a friend like the little pyramid scheme they had of getting the green hornet oh yeah and they kept adding people that right. was a really cool that was a cool scene. Yeah, that's right. the best representation of a month i'm kidding and but I did, world, I did and he tells someone and they tell someone and they tell someone 
Uh, I was at the bar uh, recently, and a, a girl was talking to me about Wayne's World, and then she made me look like quite the April's Fool, so I don't really ever reference Wayne's World anymore. <laughs> really? Why? Well, what part specifically? What? What part did you feel like you got, she made you feel stupid? Oh, where I thought we were going to, like, go somewhere with that, those conversations, and then she left me as soon as the uh, people performing got off stage. Oh. So, did you have any interaction with this girl after? No, I left. Fucking bitch. No, no, that's not nice. Sorry, I don't know who you are, but that's not nice to do that to you as well. Eh, what are you going to do? Call her F and B. <laughs> well, I'll have my friends do that then. <laughs> Alright, you should look out for the people you love, you know? Oh. Mick Jagger said yeah. one time, you can't always get what you want. That's true, you can't always get what but you, you want. But you try so hard. And yet, I've never been able to get what I need. I think you're getting what you need right now. Recording this cast, baby, on this Mac. Ripping it up. Don't tell them anything about the process. On this this PC. Well, this don't HP. Lie now. It's an it's HP comp it's sorry, it's HP Tower. Pavilion. It's a pavilion, <laughs> yeah, from two thousand and three. It's got the plastic cover over the USB ports on the front. It's pretty slick. You can barely matter. hear the fan. Everyone knows everyone knows how this is done. It's just better when no one knows for sure how it's happening. Well we're not giving all the secrets of the show away. Yeah, they don't know how we're sitting. How how do you think people sit? Mostly how, on the you're podcast. asking me. I know yeah. how people sit. How do, what is the consensus of what people sitting? Well, people might think that we're facing each other. I remember being really demystified when I saw what actually happens at radio stations. Like, yeah. all intents. Like, I thought they were like hanging out together, but sometimes they're like on opposite ends of the room, or like yeah. they're like isolated from each other. I was and like, you can only hear nah. them because of the headphones. Yeah, I was like, nah, yeah, that's not cool. Because I always thought like those guys were like really good friends, just hanging out mm-hmm. together. And I was like, oh, it really is just a job. Mm-hmm. And they're like, whatever. With this this interesting scene too in the warehouse with all the porn movies and that to you know always to me put into respect of you know the you know you're like why well, could there be so many movies but the genres is what changes and I remember being old enough to go to like an adult video store or something and you know where they would sell lots of porn DVDs and seeing the genres you know there's like fuck man there's a genre for everything this is really before you know they had like the searchable streaming sites that you know it's so easy now you go to Pornhub or whatever and you put in Anything you're looking says for. that I don't ever find it that easy. It's never easy. Things, right? Some people, I mean, you know, some people you talk to about it <laughs> are some people you talk to about it, and they're and they just like, yeah, I'll go to my sites and whatever the featured videos are. That's enough for me. Some people, it's a real chore. They're like, no, I have it has to be new stuff, stuff that I haven't seen before, yeah. Um, yeah. and you know. Every time is different. Sometimes I'm keyword specific. Other times I'm type specific. Um, oh, never model specific. And sorry, the, yeah, amateur. Actors. You know, a lot of people that lately that I've been uh, that not lately, but you know, people lately that we I talk uh, about with you know sexuality and things like that, and, and pornography comes up. Um, amateur. They're just like people like that are of my age that have been in, you know influenced and and seen it for as long as I've been a you know part of being able to view pornography now they're saying like i hate it i'm oversaturated i've seen too much of it it's done uh, you know amateur porn you know when i need to release that and you know porn is my outlet if you will they're like i need the amateur style and i say is that because you're so desensitized now you know it's the same thing when i would go on chat roulette and try to get the guys just beating off to like answer <laughs> why they're doing that you know i was always like they talk to you about it sometimes yeah 
Weird. I would do it. Not me specifically. I would have to have Caroline on camera. And then. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine I would once it was a guy, they'd be camera. like, that. And then, of course, they'd be like, show your tits, show your tits. And I'd get her to say some dirty line, like, yeah, don't worry. You're going to bust a huge nut or whatever. But first, I want to ask you a couple questions. And usually they're like, what? And then I just try to ask, like, wh- why do you masturbating on chat roulette now? Are you so desensitized from pornography that. It's like every they style They didn't just tell you to get a rise out of people? Uh, most of the time, people would just not answer, or they'd be like, you're a slut, and then exit off. Because oh, yeah, because it's not. She's not I showing. honestly still pictured them talking to you like, Ian, you're a slut. Shut the fuck no. up. No. One guy was the I use as my basis. Two, two or three people actually talked to me a bit, but one guy was the best, and he, I, ba- I mean, I, took him, I talked him down. He, t- he talked with me without unknowing it was me, from full erection to flaccid penis. And it was like typing with both hands instead of just one. He brought the keyboard closer up to his stomach and was typing. And um, the bad part about it is he didn't give me some like really enthralling answer. It was just like, no, I just like doing it. And I was like, it's because you're a voyeur and you enjoy I feel like live. that would be everyone's answer. And I they just were like, like doing no, it. No, I like it. Like it was not giving me – because he didn't know I was well, like why would he, him. Why would I don't he know. give you any – I wish he was being on – and I was like typing. I was like, please, like I'm so interested. Be as But why would that possible. be any – that, would, well, that wouldn't be anyone's inclination to be honest. I don't know. I was so interested you. about it. Because you click through there and you see all these dudes just wanging off. And it's like, why do they do Almost that? Most of them just do it because it's funny to them. Funny, like orgasms are funny, so people like place like. Sec- I mean, I, I don't know well, how funny well, they're by themselves. Deal with it, or I don't know, because you see, like I've seen some, you know, chat roulette videos where they're just like a straight up, not porno, but it's amateur, I guess, where it's like somebody's looking for somebody and they type back and forth, and the next thing you know, they're getting naked and she nuts and he squirts and. Why is she crying? Because she just got denied uh custody Cust- of her child because of her uh yeah I f- yeah i can't deal with her crying like this this is really upsetting but yeah i knew it was something really devastating, devastating. yeah because i'm her still line waiting of work. for i'm still waiting for uh the d- wait is this where he beats up somebody for him? so now you can't hear it and this is you won't be able to hear it yeah it's coming up here but there's a boom like it's like a drone and like a and like a low um like gong kind of bell thing that's very ominous that pt anderson uses in he used it in heart eight this and in magnolia and it's just like a drone that plays throughout um and it's it was like created by an accident apparently and they were just like and he was like no i like that i want to use it through everything oh, so it's through this whole scene the fight scene the scene where they um uh plan to go to the run at the donut shop and with the black with uh, Don Cheadle and I get shot. Well, it's not really yeah. a spoiler. Fuck it. It's, it's going to be came out in '97. It. It's came. It's been out for. I was just about to say when he sees someone get shot, I'm like, oh shit. Even this guy can't be happy. Yeah, we're here. To, well, anyways, here's the scene right here too. Um, oh, the, and this this wild scene too when he's yeah the Mark Wahlberg <laughs> jerking it for people and then getting beat up for being gay. Real catch twenty two. Faggot, and he like <laughs> talks him down. And you're like, oh my god. And it's like the first time. And Mark Wahlberg's like, I'm not gay. I just want money. Or however. This is what it's came to, you know. These slow pan-ins to like it's just everything is so thought out and so. Do you think it was thought out, or oh, do you yeah. think that he was stalling for time in this panic, like no, no, pushing no. in? I can't. I can't believe that. I feel like that would be funny if it was though. He's like, fuck. 
I want to do next. What do I want to do? This is slow, slow it down. Slow it down. Slow it down, Marky Mark. My maybe. Yeah. I doubt it. But it was so. I, I remember really going into watch the this, uh, uh, percentage here. The what? Nothing. Oh, I remember going back to the like the adult video stores and seeing like the different. You've been in an adult video store? Several. You've never been in one? No. Like they started the love shop, and then yeah, I've gone as a kid. I was just like, why is that listed as adult? I'm pretty adult. I'd understand (laughs) these movies, but but they're so interesting. I've never bought anything or rented anything. It was just a porn shop. But yeah, this. I feel like they shouldn't call it adult film. Some of them in Toronto. Some of them in um, Hamilton, and I would just like look at all the genres, you know. And you're like, this is really depressing to see her like, you know, doing that, knowing what's camera now. Now now you know what's happening, or everyone listening to this podcast knows what's about to happen. And that's the guy too from her class. Yeah, who was doing the oh, dick in the mouth thing? What a world! That's horrible, horrible world is depicted in this movie. Can't hear. I'm trying to hear. You can't, but I love it. Because it's like you're watching it at this point and porn is like the last thing you're thinking about, you know? It's more about these people than it's the thing with with porn. And that's why it's always been really interesting for me, like the porn industry, because it's such like it has such a spectacle behind it, you know? But they are just like real people. And so any documentary that I, I they come up with on porn and that I try to watch it because it's so fascinating why these people do it, what got them into doing it, the like the longevity that some of them have and some of them don't and how they just get used coming in and out. It's very, very fascinating because it's so people that make it are so interesting to me and just people in general, just people in general. But Especially then when you mix people. in, you know, the porn aspect, Oh, that. that guy grew up to be Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> oh, I think he's, a little, he's like what Benedict Cumberbatch was aged now. I don't know how old Benedict Cumberbatch is. It's just funny to say, cause then I feel like, if someone heard that, they'd be like, shit, I gotta watch this movie. I should have been watching along. Yep. But you should watch Boogie Nights. People often say, because I have. Oh, this I guy's put my, 37. Yeah, there you go. I put my Boogie Nights poster up uh, at, uh, my, at my new apartment. and. Oh, yeah, he was in August, Osage County. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he, was, he had a great role in Boogie Nights. He's got a very problematic uh, role in that movie, August, Osage County. I haven't seen it, but I will. You should watch it just and I love for Benedict Cumberbatch. Shot this. With like VHS too as well. Yeah, I don't know how he's doing this even, like drinking in front of this guy. I would never want to do that. When you're busy, you know, I heard Ron Jeremy talk about. Um, yeah, but that's you know, like on a set. Getting like you can be like, boner. you just get used to doing that. Maybe at this point, you're so used to it, or you're so. De- I don't know. It's like, is it the desperation for money thing? You know, it's like how far would you go? I guess if you live in this line We're of work, seeing right now, and drugs get you to rock bottom. Because we're both pretty stable people, so I would. I don't know how even Burt Reynolds is like the character, not Burt right, Reynolds. Right, trying to facilitate this. Like, yeah, like it's just such well, a weird. Like he's like on mic and everything. It's yeah, so weird. like a game show host. Yeah. When really he's, and I feel like this movie really. I don't really know anything about like the transition of porn from the seventies and eighties, but I love that this movie. I feel like this might have been what it like to have the people involved in it, how they react to the change, and like. Um, they just it's just like they can't do it he just can't do it he's like an old school porn director and fuck this new vhs tape and this real reality style yeah the gonzo where's style the, yeah where's the storytelling i and like his comments like ah oh, like make it look artsy and beautiful like you're hurting her you look gross this is so weird pulling her around 
Like, let me do my thing. It's like a borderline rape, so to speak. And I feel yeah, I like guess there's, so. that happens a lot, too, in no, porn. No. You get, like, these newer girls. All right, let's not talk about that anymore. Oh, no? Yeah, like, we, we don't need to get into the rape stuff. No, I'm not necessarily rape porn. I don't know what I'm saying, but, like, you know, these unwanted... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, no, that's unwanted, too much for like the, the discussion. Oh, well, the movie's about porn. I just thought we could hit at all topics of it. Yeah, go ahead. No, I can't. Swing, I can't do it. it. You can't do it. Well, you don't want me to, so I'm gonna censor myself for once. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! Censored. Oh <laughs> wow! Oh wow! But I love it in this scene. Burt Reynolds attacks him first. Then Heather Graham. Oh I'm yeah. Saying. Your movie sucked now, anyways. Love it. And that's it. You can't you can't get at Burt Reynolds like that. What do you think about all the lens flares back in the nineties before before JJ Abrams? Too. Yeah. They're very JJ Abrams esque, but this is PT Anderson esque. Do you do you think PT Anderson and JJ Abrams are friends? Or care about each that's other? That's a really good question because actors are so different, but I mean their job is still like directors. I feel like there's so many, like, J.J. Abrams and P.T. Anderson have, a, I guess, a kind of similar but very distinct style. And I feel like as a filmmaker, you're so similar. entitled and you're yeah. so particular. And you're like, no, every part of why this worked is because of me. <laughs> and so you could maybe have them meet up and J.J. Abrams could be like, you know, I really liked uh, Boogie Nights, but you should have used more lens flares. And he's like, why? Because you stole my fucking idea and killed it? I would love to listen you know? to a podcast with two directors just like slowly kind of like this one like starting off like friends and then one being like well fuck it then i guess i have to censor myself and i hate doing that and then like it's slowly devolving into them not talking to each other anymore yeah. or even looking at each other yeah. and then, like well i wish the um the uh, the hollywood report of the director's roundtable i i expected that to be a lot better than it was because i feel like that was a case of five different directors who resp- while respected each other, were keeping it pretty tame on. No, who was someone kept giving? Was it Alexander Payne who kept giving Quentin Tarantino go? He wouldn't. I, one of them, like they just wouldn't let him. Uh, like, oh, maybe say that anything. was the year before I watched. Yeah, it's not this. Was past it the year. Descendants year then? Yeah, he was there for the. Descendants. Oh, okay, for that. Yeah. Yeah, he just wouldn't. No, he no. It was the the, the Descendants the didn't come out the same. Bastards. No, no, those two movies didn't come out the same time, did they? No, I mean, it's the year of Jang. It was the Django year. Was Django but I don't know the if, Descendants? I guess it must have been. I just don't feel like they were the same year. Oh, maybe Either way, he was giving, I think he was I feel out. like any any time Quentin Tarantino said something like that, you would ass, you would assume every director knew. Like he would just like use shorthand for something, and then like oh yeah, Payne would be like, "What? What do you mean by that? What are you talking about? What are you talking See, about?" See, that's what I mean. Like, definitely more than I feel like actors, filmmakers. It's so. But I feel like they could actually tell you something. Like they could actually like learn from. Like if you were like an actor, being like, you know, like when I want to like cry on screen, I do this, and like right. another actor, being like, fuck off. But like, I feel like there could be more room for a director. Like, oh shit, I really liked when you did that. Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then like have a conversation about that. But I guess maybe it's the same idea. I just yeah, because even on like the most entitled actor on set, you're still you have to listen to the director. Yeah. Whereas, but I feel like there's always, like, new things. I mean, maybe there's new things to acting, but, like, I feel like there's, like, new things you could push for in, like, directing. Absolutely. That, like, it might benefit from, like, actually a meeting of the minds and stuff. Like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. 
because I'd want. And yeah, you might I'd, not feel so threatened if a guy was like, "Hey, like I'm really, I'm really digging doing something like this." And then hey, fuck like, you, that's mine. That could happen, or you could yeah. be like, "I'm gonna take that later." I'm gonna take it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or somebody be like, you know, when you made that movie and you copied. Well, that's not your thing. Like, yeah, that's my thing. Of course, it's my thing. Well, no, it's not because so and so was doing that years before you. You took it from him, and. I know some directors, even on the independent short film scale, that, you know, it's their way or no way. And it's like, wow, you're so not open for collaboration. I feel it's – especially if it's your idea, you have to have a strong grasp on it. But I also feel like you have to be open to some sort of creativity yeah. and collaboration. And Ooh. some people are just not like that at Who all. Who do you like better, Alexander Payne or David O. Russell? Um, Warriors. Um, I don't know because I like Sideways was great, and I thought, oh, here's Nebraska something I was thinking was about. Great. The two leads from Sideways have now been Spider-Man villains, Sandman and Rhino. Wow, yeah, there you go. Two very lackluster villains. Yep, very lackluster villains. And I really like Thomas. Was it, what's his name? Is it Thomas Church? Thomas Hayden? Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. I like that guy. But I used to watch that show where he had, like, he had the like con- marriage of convenience. Yeah. Uh, I think it was with Deborah Messing, wasn't it? It was. Exa- yeah, with. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like the same thing. Because if it was like Will and Grace, then that one was called like Tom and Deborah. Yeah, we. I remember I used to sell it at Walmart when I worked at Walmart on the kiosk. Boom. Holy shit. I did know that he had got blood on him, but I forgot it was shot. because it was like an accidental. Yeah, because he got shot in the head by the guy that saved yeah. him. It's a fucking brilliant scene. Moral dilemma. There's the bag of money. And he, they're dressed in a white cowboy suit. Yeah. Like, it's fucking brilliant. When you try to be white, you get that color on you, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Don. <laughs> that's what that's what PT told him before going into this. Because like, I feel like your character wants to be white so bad. And Don's like... I don't think it's that. I think he's just not stereotypically I'm black. He's the like, no, director, you want to be white. So shut your fucking mouth and listen to and me. And we're going to turn you black by the end of this movie. <laughs> Despite what you want. Despite what you think you want. What do you uh, think about that, too? Using uh, title cards with text. To don't like, mind it. You don't mind that? No. Like chapter three or this was like the long road I home. I liked it in Kill Bill. Yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. Perfect. A movie where even though the black person doesn't technically die first, they reordered it so that a black person could die first. Because technically she died last in that movie. In the first oh, movie. Oh, yes. But you see But it. they made her death first. Just so they could be like, good. Black people always die first. That was a great scene. Think though. about it. Great fight scene. It made me really uncomfortable, as did the rest of the movie, but that's why I liked it. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is too realistic. I like the like, realism, yeah, and like in the house with all the household yeah. items. And you it just was... didn't know. I mean, you knew Uma Thurman wasn't going to die. But then again, it, I think it even was said like number three or something like that. It was like not the first person she killed on her list. So you're like, she could die now. She I don't could, know. yeah. And then the rest of the movie is... Would take back? Yeah. Uh, I never thought about that when I watched it. I think I was thinking what you were thinking... When I was like, well, she can't die yet. It's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But I didn't. I didn't think that at the moment. I'm saying right now, if we all didn't know. I guess everyone knew going into it there was going to be two movies. Yeah. They, cause, I pretty Yeah, because sh- yeah, you made I'm it as one sure. and they knew, you knew it was getting split because it was like months apart. Right. right. And it ended up being more. But it was like, yeah, it came out in October. Because I remember, yeah, it came out Thanksgiving weekend and I locked my uh, wallet at work, I locked it up okay. and couldn't get back into work until after the long weekend. When did the second one come out? In the April of the next year. 
So it was like October, April. And then by that point, I was 18, so I was allowed to go see it without tricking anybody. Yes. Because my parents helped me with that one. Oh, they, so they the bought ticket? the ticket. And then they gave me all the like concession stand stuff. And then there's like three tickets. And then like the woman like saw them go in first. And then I staggered. And I was like, yeah, with them. But I was like, Ugh, like that. And the guy was like, hey, wait. And I was like, no, fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> at that same. You went with the- that couple? Well, no, he knew that. He just, like, still knew I wasn't of age. Because at that same theater, my mom tried to take me to see O. You know, okay, the, yeah, the Othello. Okay, yeah, Styles. The all-black version of Othello, just to go with your all-black version of Malcolm X. Love it. And uh, <laughs> With Lexington Steele starring in both and, roles. Uh, no, what's his name? Omar Epps. Oh. And um, they were like, he can't see this movie. And she's like, no, I'm his parent. I'm buying him a ticket. They're like, doesn't matter. He's not allowed to watch it. She's like... I want my child to see this Shakespeare like uh, adaptation. They're like, no, it's red. Like it was the Canadian rated or whatever. Because I think here we have eighteen A, and if it says R here, then it's just strictly no one under under eighteen. Whereas we usually have eighteen A, which is just like it doesn't matter as long as someone who's eighteen is in the group. Then you can you can go see. Which is the technicality. I can't believe they straight up. That's the technicality we used on Kill Bill too, because I was eighteen, and so was your good friend. And uh, and uh, so we got tickets for our friends, and the girl was like, no. And I was like, look at the poster. She's like, what? I was like, it says 18A, doesn't it? She's like, yeah. I was like, so? We're 18. We can prove it to you. And we, we're, going in. To, we're going in with our friends. And she's like, no, no. I was like, you, I was like, you should look it up. Like, you, guys you should know it. You work here. She's like, it's rated R. I'm like, it isn't rated R. It's 18A. 18A. And I know. Here you go, Alfred. Now Molina. this scene right here. So, so this is one of the best scenes in cinematic history. My favorite, not well. It's it's in a lot of lists of people's favorite scenes. Definitely, this is one. It's of my a favorite very scenes. memorable scene. Most people thinking um, of Boogie Nights think of this. So many things happen porn. with the the to go wrong. You know, Ricky Springfield playing in the background. These crazy characters. That huge bodyguard. The little Asian. His like Asian little like slave boy dropping fireworks around he was also a spider-man villain i just wanted and melina played a great doctor octopus yeah there's three people from the marvel universe in this yeah in this thing right now john c Riley from guardians of the galaxy Galaxy and the punisher and there's the punisher that's how you got to look at movies now how many comic book heroes heroes are so Mark Wahlberg, get on it. Be in a Marvel movie or a DC. I guess really Two surprised. Guns is a comic book movie, so I don't. I just don't know where it aligns. I got to see Two Guns, bro. You were. I saw the comic book of it, and I was like, "This looks sh- like shit." Because like it's like two young guys. It's not like, I mean, Mark Wahlberg can play young, but we all know he's not that. Yeah, young. Well, he's been making movies for a long. Yeah. time. He was young when they made this movie. Yeah, but like him and Denzel Washington is such a different. Um, dynamic than the two like white guys with like long hair who look kind of like surfer dudes right in the comic of two guns is this a violent movie too yeah for two guns yeah and it's an r movie so you gotta you gotta you gotta swear and do things uh, what's her name naked in it paula Patton. i don't know if she's actually naked i don't know if it's her or a body level i can't remember there's definitely her nudity Hmm? you guys want to hit his people (laughs) yeah she's definitely naked in it um yeah, and it was a, one of the first movies in a long time where it looked like Denzel Washington was actually having a good time. Really? Usually, usually he seems uh, like he's really like... I don't know, he was good in Flight. It's newer. I don't know if he's having a good time, though. He, he really looked like it was like a labor for him. Like, <laughs> is that your Denzel That impression? was him at the end when he was admitting that he was... Ah. Well, I came because I was drunk. 
yeah, no, Two Guns was great. Great. It's going to be one of my next go-to. I was going to watch Contraband because I saw it on Netflix, but then I'm like. You can watch both mm. unless you think you're dying soon I'll see if I can grab Two Guns. Oh, it's not on Netflix. No. Mm. No, I think Carol's dad saw it, though, and she liked it. I, yeah, I really liked it. It's a really fun movie. This crazy character. Mark Wahlberg. Anybody that puts guns to their heads. I guess he's in Transformers. That's pretty childish. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... He was in the third one, right? No, he's in the one that's coming out. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're making a fucking another one. What's well, made dare already? me? I love it. Like, do you dare me to shoot myself in the head? Like... It is insane. Everything about this fucking scene. My dad loved the scene. And I remember telling my brother... I was like, yeah, me and dad watched it. And we... And my brother was like, I don't remember that scene. And I was like, what are you... How do you forget it? How do you forget this scene? Yeah, it, I, now my brother loves it. We love it. Sorry, Jesse. There's no chance I'm tweeting on your birthday next year. Oh, fuck. You can blame that on Ian. I'm sorry, Jay. Fuck you, Jay. I can't believe you didn't remember that scene. What a life. Of course, because you were in it. He was in it. I remember when we were filming... Oh, that's in this scene. I don't think he actually didn't remember. I think he was just like, don't put this on me. I don't actually remember like the specifics if you're asking me to play it like that. Fuck. I love how he's. It's Cosmo. He's Chinese. This is awesome. Alfred Molina does a great American accent. Yes, he does. Not like Liam Neeson. Um, Or. um, Jude Law. Or. Or. Uh, Ewan McGregor in August Osage County. Okay, what's the um, uh, Gerard Butler? Dude, does not do a very good one. Excellent. Does he ever have to do one? I, f- I feel like I don't know, he like, never has to do one. I feel like he's sometimes able to they get go, away with they go in and Scottish. they go out. Like, you know, what was that movie with him and Jamie Foxx, The Law Abiding Citizen? I feel like a parts in that movie. Was he American? He in was that? speaking I don't remember. with that was no a very accent. intense movie. Yes, and then other parts he would just slip back into the accent. Also, interesting fact that they were supposed to they uh, they had either wanted them for opposite roles. Mm. So Jamie Fox would be the criminal, and, and Jamie Fox was probably like, "I don't want to play a villain." And then he's like, "Oh, but I'll do it for Spider Man, baby." Mm-hmm. But only after I've played the president. That was an underwhelming movie. I really wanted to like uh, White House Down. White House Down. But just couldn't. But then the black guy made the better movie. Olympus has fallen. That's with Gerard Butler. Yes. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good movie. That's directed by a black guy, and it was better than the uh, sleek white guy film White House Down, which actually said white in it. That's how you can remember. It. <laughs> I always get. Yeah, I think it was the Training Day director did uh, Olympus Has Fallen, and then oh, the sick. Independence Day director did uh, White House Down. Ah, uh, no thanks. So I'd rather see <laughs> Olympus Has Fallen. You would like it. Melissa Leo getting, like, kicks to the ribs. Like, she got beat up in that movie. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, you're a woman. We're going to smack you to the ground and pull away. Like, they beat her up. And it's on Netflix, too, so I should definitely. And also, it's a movie where, like, I was like, holy shit, America's just losing. Like, every, like, (laughs) like, they're, at no point are you like, oh, they've got a plan. Like, Morgan Freeman literally is just in the movie going like, well, that's happening. Fuck. And or like I told you this is was gonna there, happen. Is there nuclear explosion scenes in it? I don't remember. I think that's the point. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The point is it's really fun and way better than I thought it was gonna be. Alright. It you know what I like you know when I knew I liked it? It was there's a scene where they're like, Oh, we have to get the president's son out. 
and then they just do it. Like there's no like kid sidekick like they tried to do in Olymp or in White House Down. Like it was just no, like got to get White the kid out. We need to get the kid out. They get him out. Good, he's done. Now we can get back to like the R-rated action that we wanted. Right. And it is R-rated action. Oh, so R-rated. Okay, good. I've never seen so many people get shot in the head in a movie in my life. So many headshots. Digital blood or real? Oh, it's real blood. Like they, those actors will not be in anything else after this. They really shot them all in the head. I don't know. Probably digital. This shotgun scene here was a real. They were really blasting each other with real shotguns. Oh, I love this fucking scene. <laughs> Olympus is falling. I got to make sure that Antoine Fuqua actually directed this. Ah, yeah, that's it was. his name. It was Antoine Fuqua. Good. And then, uh, what's the Puppies. Independence Day guy again? Something German sounding? Uh, Don't tell me. Don't tell me, because I'm going to... Oh, Roland Emmerich. Ah, uh, thank you. I was never going to get that. I would The only never thing in my head right was away. Ivan yeah. Reitman. Like, that's all I had in my head. Uh, and I knew that wasn't right. Oh, you're Is Ghostbusters 3 supposed to happen still? Yeah, they oh. said. They, I mean, they've been... Si- I read an article on Cracked, which I said in the Paul episode, I would love for ha- to have them sponsor this podcast as a joke. Um, they uh, they wrote, they had five reasons why it's never going to happen. Good. One of the reasons being that they've been saying it's going to happen since 99. And, yeah. I... Especially now, I don't... I, don't I just know. feel like... Uh, Ivan Reitman said, I'm for sure not directing it now. I feel like once you lose uh, that key player, and Egon that. and the director, yeah. you got to just. And if Bill, and Bill Murray doesn't like, do it. Yeah, Bill Murray's like, I'm not doing it. So it's going to be what? Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson and. and uh, That's it. Because um, I don't think. Uh, Annie Potts and maybe Rick what's Moranis, his, I don't think he's I don't think he'll acting come back. anymore. He's not acting anymore. Because they asked him to be in something else and he was like, no chance, bro. Does voice work. That's it. Does he though? Yeah, Brother Bear one and two. That yeah, like but that 2000s. was a while. Yeah, that was. That's but he not hadn't recent. done any film acting like in years, but he was still doing Brother Bear. Oh, I, I know why. Because he wanted to do that whole Did his strange album too. No, was the thing with Dave Thomas that joke. Oh, the Strange Brew guys. Yeah, Strange Brew. That's the one. Yeah, the last thing he did was Brother Bear two in two thousand and six. Two thousand six. Yeah. And before that, the animated Bob and Doug McKenzie thing. Love those characters. Not a big fan of that. But I, I mean, that to me wouldn't fill enough for a Ghostbusters movie. I just think they shouldn't do it. I agree. They were, the movie they wanted to do was the video game that came out. That it I, was awesome. I gave up on it because I was like, this is too much work. And, uh, oh, it was great. I loved it. I beat it twice. But that was, that's the movie. Solid seven hours of... Seven hours, and they had Bill Murray back for it, so that's as good as they're gonna yeah, get. Yeah, everybody everyone. was in it. Everybody was in it. Andy Potts was in it. I don't. Wait, was there any Hudson in it though? Because yeah. I feel like, oh, you did get added, but you, I feel like that also put me off. Is that you're a new guy, but you have to be white? I was like, I wish I could change, pick my race. Well, he's got no, <laughs> he's got no dialogue. Yeah. Even more reason why it shouldn't matter. Like, there's nothing made, set in stone. Should have made a created character then, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I should have been able to create yeah, my character. And you could. You know, what do you had? A, what was his hairstyle be? I think we all know he'd look like Buster Rhymes circa '99. <laughs> he has a new song I heard the other day, and I was quite catchy. Is it the one where he turns into Venom halfway through the video? No, but I I watched that video here, and it was wild. You did watch it here? Yeah, you showed yeah. me. I didn't know anything about it. You're like, oh, yeah, this video, oh, yeah. Buster Rhymes turns Twerk into it. Venom. And I was like, what? 
And at first I was like, maybe like he just likes venom? the look of it, but he doesn't know what venom is. But then they do the tongue thing. I'm like, he someone knows what Somebody venom is. Somebody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Buster Rhymes knew. Or would I? Now here's a you know, I guess we are gearing up to the end. Here's a you know, movies like this where they're a generational movie and a lot happens to different characters and you know how do you feel about, you know, kind of a movie ending like at a point instead of like finding like an overall resolution or, you know, solving the case and that, you know, or there's just like well, are you well, taking shots at true detective? No, not at all. No, I was more. I had. I'm kidding. You the, haven't even seen it. The zombie. We haven't finished watching it, but I, I have more of like the zombie analogy in my head, where it's like, so they escape from the mall and fly away in the helicopter, and the movie's over. Oh, but spoiler that, alert! I've never seen Dawn of the Dead. I didn't say that was Dawn of the Dead. I'm saying generic zombie fable. You know, ha- in that movie universe, still that helicopter is going to run. I mean, that's why The Walking Dead is so successful because they can keep getting more seasons and keep exploring. More and more. I and guess more. successful number wise, not necessarily storytelling wise. Absolutely, um, but you know, like a movie like this, it's like comes back, but is even going to be successful as a new star, old star, and then it ends ambiguous like that, which is the perfect way to end it. Absolutely. But what do you think about movies doing that? I can't really think of any uh, movies like that other than this at the moment. You have any examples of them? Um. Or you just mean as a concept? Just How do I like it? more as a concept. There he is. Yeah. They made him black. Finally. Buck's super cool stereo store. Remember how great he was on Fresh Prince? Yeah, he was great on Fresh Prince. He was, what's his name's boyfriend? Hillary. Real hot Hillary. Or Hillary, that was her name. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot her name. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I love this scene. I love that scene. Anyways, um, she has to go back to school. How? No, she wanted. She wanted to get her GED, son. Rough Gotta learn. stuff. I guess everyone else would probably be the same age. As well, her. what do you think? Okay, do you do think, you think this, this is... character just turned into the uh, stripper from Hangover? Wow, maybe. Imagine that. Went to Vegas and just was like I a would slow lay stripper. Gwyneth Paltrow. Heather Graham was just like, yeah, that's got his bottle oh. there too with this uh, Beach Boys soundtrack. Is he getting beat up which because is he's a child, child molester? molester? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's not a good place to be jail if you're a child molester. Yeah. So like this montage, for example, showing with the with the Beach Boys, God Only Loves You playing, um, showing all the characters and where they're at. Like, do you feel like because this movie was so depressing that they need that kind of tie up a little bit? Yeah, I gotta feel like someone came out of this all right, all with their own thing. Rodriguez is supposed to be a cute. It's so funny <laughs> they spelled the name wrong. No. <laughs> And John C. Riley doing his act on stage. So funny. That was a terrible kick. It's great. I really, uh, speaking of Big Love, that's the theme song from Big Love. Yep. What I, uh, want, no, I don't know what I was going to say. Basically, I'm really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. And this movie yeah, has too. just made me be like, I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy now. Naughty, naughty. Such big boobs. Oh, good. They didn't break up. No. It's the resolution for all the the characters and the time elapsed. Imagine if it comes out all white. And he's like, yes! And they're like, do you understand what that means? He's like, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you know this Just is the cameraman for everything, then. It doesn't matter what Just it gotta is. Just got to put them in. You got to put them in. 
that seems like the kind of filmmaking I would do. Like, I really like this guy. Like, just put a like, – we need but a camera guy for that this. That says a lot, though, because it's like they didn't Well, really, they only trust each other. They didn't really follow up on Scotty J's storyline. So it's like he's just kind of their friend because of that and he's just always around, which is actually kind of sad, too. Yeah, like, is he in everybody's other than the Rodriguez brothers, like, tie-up? Uh, yeah, they, everybody but him. And, and, and John C. Reilly. he's dead. Well, yeah. Well, we already saw his tie up, and I think he was a part of that scene. Yeah. So that he just didn't really get a tie up. Just he's just like in all the shots. Which to me, I'm like, yeah, that's like sad. So they're still together. Just none of them branched out. I guess they can only trust each other, really. Eighties porn, I guess. The get family off those feel. Damn rollerblades. These scenes too. Go clean your room. Scenes in that very fatherly. Yeah. yeah. When we went to Blue Mountain, the chalet we started at, the sh- chalet we stayed at actually mm, resembled this house, me. kind of, with the big fireplace and the wooden stone fireplace yeah. like that. Yeah, it was great. And just using the money to like light the fire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Oh, the little. Do you think kids like that are like fuck? You can see my dingling in these movies. That's a great question. Naked babies in movies. I, you know, well, I in a smaller degree asked my brother because there's some pictures of him in the tub with his dink showing, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll go back on it and say, Jay, what do you think? That here's your little dink. Well, you you know, it. I said I wasn't gonna tweet him next year. I'm definitely gonna tweet him next year about yeah. that. And he was like, dink in the tub. He was like, yeah, I don't know. There memories. it is. I'm like, but do you look back at it now? And you're like, there oh, it is. Pictures of my cock are floating around somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere you're acting like there's no control over it, like it's not like in the my photo thing. albums. No, someone's gonna take them and they're gonna make their way onto the interwebs, on the deep dark internet, the Tor network. That's what I think about that. But fuck, you know. No, I don't think that. I think they were like, I was that baby in Boogie Nights. Okay, but this came in '97, so that kid's 20 years now at least. Yeah, here's a, a thing. What would he be? 24, 25? No, 97. I don't know. I don't know math. Uh, no, 20. Well, 15 years. So it's 10 to get to 2007, and then seven yeah, more years. Know, it's 17. It's 17 years Here's old. the thing. Uh, my cousin Ryan, okay. who did the podcast, yep. when we did Get Rich or Die Trying, yep. did it with uh, Christopher Jeffries or something, Chris Jeffries, okay. Curtis. Whatever, the kid from Losing Isaiah. And I was like, oh, okay. like, what was it like for him working with Halle Berry? He's like, I don't know. I don't think he remembers working with I was like, so even that time period, which isn't that big of a time, because he's still younger than us, mm-hmm. he couldn't remember. And he must have been like four or five in that movie. He still couldn't remember acting with So him. he'd never remember this, this kid, obviously. So it yeah. would just be like a story. That you'd have to tell him. I, I, feel, I feel like that 17-year-old, you'd have to tell him that's you. Yeah. He wouldn't be like, oh, no, yeah. And then how many times, how many people has he told being like, oh, you know, at the end of Boogie Nights when, like, there's the I think Tom Cruise uh, adopted him. His, his son is half black. I don't think it's the kid from Boogie Nights, that kid. Well, we'll find out right now. Cause he, I don't think he's going to be credited. That baby can't be credited. Well, you have to credit everyone on IMDb. It's All part right. of the great right. reason that we have IMDb as a sponsor. Everyone is credited because even if they're not credited in the movie, it says uncredited beside it. Uncredited beside it? All right. So I'm going to look up Red Dawn, which I know Tom Cruise's son was in. I can't believe that didn't just show up right away. Well, mostly because I don't remember what his name is. I don't remember what his name is. Do you really think that that could be? I know for a fact it's not. Okay, Connor Cruise. Let's see Uh, right now. Doesn't it seem weird that Connor Cruise 
Born in '95, man, he could have been in this movie. No, that's no, that was that's way too small for two. That would have been. But you don't know when they started filming that movie. And anyways, they could have started filming in '95. Look, I just have to make reference right now to this scene. The dick. The dick scene. I'm trying to talk over it, but fair. No, he does his monologue into the into the mirror, and then the unbuttoning of the drawers. Zipping of the pants, and then boom, there it is. The big cock, the reveal. Yeah. I think it's great to show that at the end. Because um, everyone, it's the anti-King of comedy or king of comedy, where you never get to find out what Rupert Pumpkin's set is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I never thought of that, too. Yeah. Now, here's Whereas the you get to see it. And like, he starts the set, but then it pans out, and it's done. And then done. it ends out on Now, here's set. the thing. Uh, Connor, Connor Cruz, three credits. Okay. Boogie Nights, Seven Pounds, and Red Dawn. I don't believe you. Well, you can just look right now. Of course, I'm telling a joke, but that's those are the two movies he's in. I was gonna be like, how, so was there a? Um, did it credit the baby? Uh, who cares? Boogie Nights. I don't, if it's not him, I don't care. Oh, and these credits of Boogie Nights uh, was the easiest part of Dream Harder because I literally <laughs> copied the credits from this and just put my own information in. So all the that's why the Dream Harder credits it's not a rolling credit it's titles just like this and so when it was like director writer producer I just literally copied it and then just put in my information. Bing bang boom. Bing bang boom. Um, Almost so four minute credits. You <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, you got to watch it again. How do you it. feel about it? Uh, you know it's there is there is something to this podcast to not just like comment on the movie you're watching and comment. So while I love absolutely talking with you, um, there were parts in the movie that I know I missed because we were talking and that, and I didn't get to touch on, which is fine. So saying that, I got like just enough taste of everything I loved about this movie. I'd actually love to watch it again just to watch it. Yeah. Um, well, let's do that right after this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I did um, two screenings of Dream Harder once, and that was... That must have been a marathon. It was. Uh... So you are the first uh, male to do fuck you, uh, the first male to do three episodes. Love it. Which I guess means you're retired, like the other person who's done three and won't return my calls. Just kidding, by the way. I just talked to her. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, How do you feel about that being the first uh, male? I mean, three episodes. uh, I I feel great. I feel very honored. You know, at this point in both of our podcasting careers and and interests and hobbies it's just great to come always whether it's my show or your show or a communal show it's always just great to come and and talk to your friends that share mutual interests so while it's great that realistically i'm the third male that's Uh, done so i guess really what you're saying is who cares yeah man i can't wait to do i can't (laughs) wait to be the fourth and the fifth and episodes you know i think you've done three episodes on my podcast four four mm. so i can't wait for you to do the fifth oh you know um let's do it while we watch uh um boogie nights right after this great okay <laughs> cool we'll just comment on everything we didn't get to comment on, on well, this because one. maybe some people won't listen to this episode but they'll listen to it on your podcast well there you go yeah we'll just redo it and we'll just play the audio from both of them together and start a new podcast which is yeah. just the audio from mine and yours put together so you just hear four voices speaking and that's what you're listening to. I like it. We'll be two voices, but four, you know, things going well, on. One podcast in your left ear is yours, and mine is in the right ear. I'm going to do that one day. And you have to listen to it with headphones? That'd, yeah. be, a fu- that'd be a mind fuck. All right. The, the battery's dying, so I'm going to have to, Love it. you know, 
to say this. Thank you very much for being on. Always a pleasure. Do you have anything to uh, plug in the moment? Not a whole lot. Um, no trailers or anything. The same nonsense I plug all the you time. You working on anything? Like yeah. You might have mentioned. Well, we're we're writing a web series um, called Kyle Meets Ken, which um, is finally coming together. We'll be starting to shoot the pilot very soon. I just want to wait for the weather to be a bit nicer. And I needed to move. And so both of those things have happened and are happening. Um, so just keep following the stuff that you've been following for Daniel and he'll and he'll be posting all about it. And if you're interested at all to hear any of Daniel's awesome episodes on my podcast, the No Talent Podcast, you can find Boom. it um, on iTunes. You can uh, go to the Tumblr, the No Talent Podcast Tumblr.com and look back. Lovely. Um, and you can find me on any of the social media with my name Ian Rayburn, I A N R A Y B U R M. Just Google that and you'll find my Instagram, which I post stuff about the podcast and uh, and. Definitely just search my name and Daniel's name because um, right. he's done a bunch of great episodes uh, on my podcast, which you should for sure listen to. You should definitely listen to those. It's a good They time. were great. The Canada Day episode was fucking blast. The Halloween one was awesome, too. I really feel like I let you down on the Halloween one. but I... I no, I didn't. I didn't at all because it was it was just a great conversation. I just don't care about Halloween the much. The way you too. do. <laughs> um. So my my coordinates obviously at s dot grant s d o t g r a n t is the Twitter, the Instagram. Uh, got the Tumblr tdf everything dot tumblr dot com. Mm-hmm. Got uh, a new Facebook page for the band. Facebook dot com slash sick wicked nasty. Then the Bandcamp sick wicked nasty dot Bandcamp dot com, and the book. Better than me on Amazon.com, not .ca. Thank you very much for your review, Babs. And I feel like Mikhail always gets left out of this. Thank you very much for your review as well. Kyle, yeah. Uh, I forgot about you as well. a very honest review. I, I guess I say honest because it's not a five out I'm of gonna five. I'm going to give a review too just on there just so I – whenever you say that, then you can also thank me as well. I will Great. if you do it, but I, uh, who knows. I have an Amazon.com account Oh, okay. because we bought your book from there, and I Boom. bought other things from there. Be so. like Ian, buy the book. And I'm gonna shake your hand because that's how we end. Don't that's give it. me the, give me a real. Come on, answer. man, that's a three. All right, there we go. Woo. See ya. Bye bye. Yes. Exactly. <laughs>